Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And ho Did we watch some movies this week? Uh, so as you might have noticed with the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, our Criminal Minds Korea, if you've been listening to those at all, you might have noticed that one of us is not an expert on Korean dramas, but definitely loves Korean dramas and is aware of a ton of Korean dramas. And it's her. It's not me. I just made 100% clear. It's, I, I was being too coy. It's her. Uh, and I still haven't seen Paradise. So You still haven't seen Paradise. You've got, you got stuff left to cover. Oh, lots. <laughs> but anyway, so because she was so nuts for these things and we covered Criminal Minds Korea, I thought, hey, I wonder if Sheila has seen my favorite Korean movie. And uh, she hadn't. And so I got her to watch it and... Uh, Oh boy, did you love this movie? <laughs> I loved this movie. Okay. Uh, right? So... <laughs> there there was no question. I watched it, it was it was it kept you going and at the end the tears Okay, but before you before you continue, <laughs> I want to make it clear what we're talking about and I want to give people a chance to go watch it for themselves. Okay. If they haven't watched it yet, which it's insane. Like, it's one of these movies that's so good. You're like, I, I can't imagine a world where everyone hasn't seen this movie. But well, I'm sure yeah. plenty of people haven't. So, uh, I'm just going to tell you, you probably saw it in the title of the episode. But if you just clicked on the new episode and you didn't know, it's called The Man From Nowhere. It's a Korean <laughs> movie from 2010. And it is available right now on Amazon Prime. And if it's not on Amazon Prime where you live... Just buy it. I bought a copy <laughs> of it. This is this is a true story. I saw this movie on Netflix when it first came to Netflix in like 2011, right? So I watched this movie on Netflix. And we finished, uh, my wife and I, we finished watching the movie on Netflix. And then when we went to Amazon and we bought a DVD of it. Yeah. Both because it had some special features. And just to celebrate and encourage the people who made it. <laughs> So, like, we had free access to this movie, but we bought it anyway. That's how yeah. good this movie is. And um, uh, someone, well, I was talking about this on Twitter because I rewatched this movie twice in preparation for this conversation. Well, once I watched it just to rewatch it, and the second time after I convinced you to watch it, I watched it again to just get it straight in my head. It's such a good movie. Uh, so I went to Twitter, and um, I was exp trying to explain what Man From Nowhere is. And the answer is, okay... Try to imagine a world, like, where John Wick was such a good movie that Keanu Reeves won the Best Actor Oscar for starring in John Wick. Yeah. That is the man from nowhere. That is literally, like, it is so John Wick that you thought this was Korea's answer to John Wick when you saw it. Okay, that, yes, this was, that was the interesting thing. I didn't tell you what year it was from. Because no, and I didn't bother looking, so yeah. I went and I watched it, and then we were talking, and I, it was a couple of days because yeah, I kept we, forgetting we to say yeah, we didn't talk I'd about watched it a couple it. of days afterwards, yeah, right. And so then when I said, and I said, well, boy, I said they found a guy who looked a lot like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I mean, because I was looking, watching it, and at times I was going, so this, and that's exactly what I was going. So is this a Korean remake of John Wick? No, nope, John Wick is the american remake of the man from nowhere and it's a worse movie 
It is a worse movie. Well, no, because I started watching John Wick again, just to double check, after I had watched Rocky Rocky Handsome. Oh, by the way, that's the second movie we're talking about. It's the licensed official, not a ripoff this time, like it's the official licensed uh, Indian remake of Man From Nowhere. It's called Rocky Handsome, and it's terrible. But I loved it. But I loved it. It's terrible, but I loved it. Yes, okay, wait till we get there, because it's (laughs) an Indian movie, and... It, it 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 they are their own movies. So oh, absolutely. Let's, let's get back to sort okay. of because John Wick tries to is and I don't. I mean, I will be nice and say, okay, well, maybe they didn't see this, and maybe this yeah. was in somebody's head all by itself. Without maybe any it's a influence. he's so fine, my sweet lord type of situation. Yes, where they thought they ripped it off accidentally. Yes, that's that maybe, right? Could have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean only stylistically, well, emotionally, like in every way John Wick is just doing what this movie did, but a less good version of it. Well, yeah, it's less because the focus isn't because ultimately the focus is different. Yeah. The 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 driving force behind the man from nowhere is different than the driving force behind John Wick. Well, what's fascinating is Rocky Handsome is actually closer to John Wick because yeah. at its core, like uh, this movie, The Man from Nowhere, is about this guy, like, it's about this guy and, in yes, his emotional journey, to say it in the most cliched way possible, right? About this guy learning to care about things again. And you could say, well, that's what John Wick is about too. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Whereas John Wick is about how badass does Keanu Reeves look doing all this gun foo? And he does. He looks very badass doing all his gun foo. But that's all the movie's about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, don't. You don't even have to say you see what I'm saying. I mean, this, you just that's watched what it, it is. You just watched it. I just it. watched it, right? Um, and uh, so, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it, it, so John Wick is, and now we have to talk about just how different, right? The Man from Nowhere is. Yeah, about. Because, oh and the other thing is, The Man from Nowhere, unlike John Wick, Wick. John Wick has specious ethics. Yes. Okay? The Man from Nowhere doesn't. No. Okay, I, I mean, he's, he's, he is exactly who he is. He is a good guy who's been massively damaged, and now he has to find his ba- way back to civilization, and it's a, or to caring, and to living again, and it is horrid. Yeah. How he, how, what has to happen for him to become ultimately human again. Yeah, and that's, that's his journey in the movie. To, like, That's, stop sleepwalking yeah. through life. To stop being yeah. a zombie. hmm Yeah. And it's it's about his journey to get there. And it's a really brutal journey. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a brutal, brutal journey. Yeah. Um, but he is always on the side of the right. Yes. There is, is right. no question, right? And his backstory... Yeah, is that he was always on the side of the right, mind you. We can get into a conversation about like the moral, the ethics of being 
a guy whose job is to like sneak into North Korea and kill people because that was his job for the government. He no, was, I mean he's he a murderer okay. for the government. Yeah, yes, and we have talked about how we feel about that state-sanctioned assassinations, yeah. right? But yes, he worked for essentially the CIA, of and he Korea. felt of Co South Korea, and he was believed that he was ultimately doing the best thing he could, and yeah. he was trained. And <clears throat> we find this out. It takes takes us about the middle of the movie to find out What's what has happened him. to yeah. him. Yeah. That, and that's and, part of the interesting how long this movie makes you wait before you find out what's going on with the main character. Yeah, because it's really, really interesting because in the beginning, you don't quite understand it. The man, it begins so slowly. You know, he's just this, you don't even know that he's a pawnbroker, right? I mean, no, you, you find in out the first, early no, enough. No, yeah, like no, no. But shot. in the first, the first shot when he's coming in, right? Yeah. And you don't know. And there's all of the interaction between him and this girl. Yeah. Right? Whose mother is a drug addict and yeah. a, you know. Waitress at a. Party a, girl. A, yeah. Party wait, girl. Waitress slash party girl at a, uh, at a bar downtown. Yeah, and she steals a bunch of heroin. Yep. She steals a bunch of heroin. And it's nice because they introduce, and this is how smoothly the film uh, happens, because it starts basically, right, with this heroin heist that she's pulling. And it's yeah. this bad situation because we know that there are these cops out there who are trying to take down um, this mob boss, O. Yeah. Right? And... They know that the heroin's going to be moved. Like, they've got intelligence the heroin's going to be moved this time. But their plan to get the heroin gets foiled when the waitress steals the heroin and runs off with it with her boyfriend. Yeah. And it and then, screws up their entire plan. And then she, you know, and then she wants to keep, she wants 50% of the heroin. Yeah. And she's she's a fool. Oh, yeah. She's a fool because they're going, you know, because they've done it with these other people and she gets beaten up by her boyfriend mm -hmm. and then she goes, you know, and then she shoots herself up with heroin Yep. and her sense. daughter, her daughter ends up back at the pawnbrokers. Yeah. They the pawnbrokers shop is her, in the same building. It's in the same building. Yeah. And the key is that whenever like he seems because he's such a quiet guy, because he's so unassuming, he seems like a safe place for or his place seems like a safe place for her to hide out whenever yeah. her mother is using drugs or sleeping with a man or whatever. She like needs yeah. a place to go and hide out because yeah, they don't live in a big place. And whenever she needs money. Yeah. She she pawns off. I mean, that's what's so adorable oh, at the beginning. The right. MP3 player. I she, know. she pawns her MP3 player. He gives her some money for it. Yeah. Right. And then eventually she can get her MP3 player back and then yeah. she pawns it again. Yeah. And he just does this and he, you know, and he feeds her sometimes. Yeah. And he feeds her because, you know, again, he's not a bad guy at all, but no. he doesn't. And the key part is it's this thing that, I mean, it's a trope you see in a lot of films where literally he doesn't want to be part of the world anymore, but there's yeah. a character who refuses to let him not be part of the world anymore and yeah again, and this we've little seen this trope before but god yeah. she's adorable no but this is but this is so good because you also know like within this 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 opening sequence yeah which it really is this 
this whole opening setting up all the characters, which is done beautifully. You see him coming home with flowers. Yeah. And it turned and right. And then the girl, the little girl who's who's getting supper mm -hmm. from him, puts the flowers in a in a a flower vase yeah. and brings them to him and he gets so enraged yeah. and it looks like it's the first time she's ever seen any emotion from him. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, she's stunned and so is the audience. Like, what is it with these flowers? Again, we have to wait till about halfway through the movie <laughs> to find, <laughs> to find out, out what was going on. What, why those flowers are the only emotion he's got is bound up in those white flowers. Yeah. You can assume somebody died, but... Well, yeah, it's white what? flowers. White flowers are what you put on a grave. That's just... Yeah. Everybody knows that, but we don't know the details yet. No, there's no details, right? So that's the only time. And then he does this horrible thing. Like, mm -hmm. the whole setup for the rest of the movie makes you accept the rest of the movie. Because it's beautiful. he is... Because he's not behaving well, the little girl gets okay. Well, stole but first, yeah. it's it's key. Before that, what happens is we actually do see what the flowers are for. Because he goes out and he puts them on a grave, like he takes yeah. a train ride out to yes. where somebody's buried. I mean, it's his wife. Come on, we we yeah. know based on his his age and how angry he is that it's his wife. Yeah. And again, because we've seen John Wick, which uh, yeah. <laughs> right, we see this guy. And uh, what interests me about it is, so he goes and he uh, he puts the, the, the he puts and the Keeley and the, what I liked is yeah he yelled at the girl but we also get a cute scene where he lets where? her sleep there yes and uh, the mother's like I don't want her hanging out here you're a creepy weirdo you're probably a pedophile hanging out with you know young girls what's wrong with you yeah uh, you know just and all then the, she makes a pass at and him. then she makes a pass at him because spoiler alert. He's one of the most handsome men you've ever seen in your life. Yes, like he looks he, shockingly you, good looking. Yeah, and you know he looks like he sort of looks like he's a better looking Keanu Reeves. Yes, exactly. He's, an, like, he's like a better looking Keanu Reeves. Yeah. That's the, not the, a bad description of this man's yeah. whole vibe. Yeah, and and the face. Or oh, you could yeah. say Keanu Reeves is worse looking. Oh yeah, um, exactly. A a uh, a more Asian Keanu Reeves is his look but better looking. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, um, okay. So he, and the great, but also he listens to the MP3 player the entire time. And in the train in a note, and this is a kind of little note. Um, she has one of her hobbies that she enjoys doing is painting nails. She loves yes. painting nails and she has painted a tiny smiley face, you know, the happy face, the yellow, happy face with smile. She has painted that on one of his nails. Yeah. And, and that's a nice touch. So he's there. Like, he was mad at her, but he still looked out for her, and he's got the MP3 player, right? And, and he, he listens to and he the listens new to music. Because she, she always puts new music on it before she pa pawns, pawns it, it. <laughs> Which, again, I thought was really nice. But it's got new music on it. <laughs> so it's worth more. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I put new songs on it. It's worth more. I know. Such a good scene. But, and this is the key part. And again, it's a thing we don't find out why he did it until later because he gets off the train and right by the train station in an amazing coincidence, the little girl has tried to steal a kid's bag, a kid's school. Yeah. bag, And so they're like, you know, we're going to have to get your parents involved, blah, blah. And so she sees him coming off the train. She's like, Oh, they're him. 
And the cops yeah, that's are like, my father. is this your daughter? <laughs> and he just walks right past him. Yeah. And damn, the first time you see that, you're like, can't you, can't you look out for her at all? Yeah. Like, I mean, it really. be a friend. It's so brutal when you see it. It, it is a brutal, brutal scene. I yeah. mean, there is no question. And the brutality, you see, nobody bothers with the, a lot of words, oh, right? It is just the looks, right? The, the facial, they focus so much on facial expressions. I've yeah. also started to figure out that that has to do with the language as well. But, oh, okay. um, but the thing is, like the facial, and it is so brutal to watch him walking away. Yeah. And her expression. Yeah. Oh. And then when she talks to him. Okay. And then later and on. Then, so eventually she gets away from the cops. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I want to point out that we're now 20 minutes into the movie, right? 20 some minutes into the movie at this point. There's been no real action. Like there's this one teensy bit of action earlier in this movie where um, the, the, the guy who was supposed to pick up the drugs is this uh, big, tough, fat guy. Right. And yeah. the cops like get into a fight with him when he's leaving the club. But that is that is it for yeah. action in this action movie in the whole first twenty minutes. It's all just set up. And then we get, I don't know, the single most heartbreaking scene in the entire movie, where he runs into her outside, you know, the apartment building where they both live. And she and she I mean, I'm tearing up thinking about it. It's like yeah. literally from her point of view. Her relationship with this guy is the only good thing in her entire life. So I can't hate you. Oh God! That's and it's like, what I she can says hate to Everything him. in the world, but I can't hate, can't you, hate you because then there would be nothing in the entire world <laughs> that I For didn't me. hate. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was, that was so just. Rough. It's brutal. It's just brutal, and he still doesn't break. No, he he comes close though. Like, yeah, you can he see does. he realizes how badly he screwed up. Yes. And, and then, when oh. do we get the scene in the grocery store? Um, The scene in the grocery store happened earlier. Yeah. Oh, because, okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry, we forgot to mention that. There's the scene where she goes and she's stealing from the grocery store, and he tries to pay for her as a way of making up for it. And that's when he finds her afterwards. Well, and not only that, shop, because yeah. the guy in this shop just says, oh, it's okay. But, you know, you're Kids her, you're her father. And children should spend more time with their father. I know! Because the guy in the grocery store has seen them together all these times. So he just assumes yeah. that's her dad. Yeah. And that puts, and that makes him realize how badly he screwed up. And then they go and they have the scene of her yelling at him. And he realizes how thoroughly screwed up. And we get this beautiful moment where it almost gets too cute. Where she hands him, like, uh, the, the, like, she can't afford to buy her mp3 player back so she gives him the only thing of value she has a Yu-Gi-Oh card and yeah. pointedly the Yu-Gi-Oh card is the black knight so yes. there you go we all we all see what this means metaphorically yeah uh, and it, but it it doesn't it you could i mean if you look at it when you're looking outside but when you're watching it Oh, of course. You, it's the funny thing is when I watched it because you've watched it now three or four times. Oh God, no, so many more times than that. Okay, I, this is but just when, a movie I turn on all the time. Okay, and when I watched it, I like yes, you know, I just thought, okay, she's been carrying this around, 
because this is like a lucky talisman for is. her and it is him. Yeah. So Oh no, and that's know. the thing. I think no, you're and I don't you think are completely right in your reading it of it. Didn't. Yeah, because they actually I mean, I, I make a joke about how it's, you know, an obvious metaphor, but you're right. That's the reason it's her favorite card. Is because yeah. it reminds her of him. Yeah. You know, you're totally right to read it that way. That's exactly how it was intended. I was just being trying to be cute, but I'm no, you were right. She likes that card because she says it's her favorite card, right? Yeah. And she says it's like her best card and it's her best card because it reminds her of him. Yeah. This knight who just like hides away in a castle. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And, um, and then the movie moves forward. Oh my God. Cause all of a sudden you're like, okay, when is the action going to start? And so I didn't even... I was so I was so entranced. Wrapped up in the story, right. Yeah. Wrapped up in the story. I didn't even think that. And then because he goes back to his pawn shop. Yep. And then but she goes home. And we sh- yeah, we we should go home. And we should mention that the mother has actually um pawned something with him. Yes. She came and to, she pawned so her she camera. Can, yeah, her camera so she can dope up. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Supposedly. So can, supposedly. You know, but we, we find, find out, what out. She's really do. Yeah. So we know anyway. that's a lie, of course, because she just stole a bunch of dope. So obviously yeah. she can just use that. And of course, what actually happened was that's where she hid she, the. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, that's a big su- that 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 we find that's out a big surprise in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. But the the key part is we get this great scene where he goes. Uh, he comes home like the daughter comes home, right? And the daughter is the daughter sees. Our our lead villain, and yeah. I think my favorite villain in the whole movie. I cannot get enough of floppy haired punk guy. I yeah, just, uh, well, he's fantastic. I can. He's horrible. Well, no, he's a monster. But I'm just saying that <laughs> performance, that yeah. performance. Because I mean, you just watched John Wick. A problem with John Wick is, can you tell me one thing about any of the villains in John Wick? No, no, like, no, no, no. And the villains the, the, and John yeah. Wick are just there to be shot by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. They're not all. yeah. No, like, these 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 villains all have the the three key villains yeah. actually all have a definite personality, a definite structure, and they are separately defined from yeah. one another. Oh yeah, they're you all completely easily, different characters. Like yes. the Vietnamese guy. They got a V. I mean, we'll talk about him in a minute. There's the Vietnamese guy, and then there's the two brothers, and all of them are, as you say, completely their own characters. Yes, they are not interchangeable in any way, shape, or form. They all have their own personality. They all behave completely differently. And and my favorite is the floppy-haired psychopath, who yeah, the... is introduced in. I mean, we've seen a bit of him, but because uh, <sighs> we see him, you know, uh, finding out. Where, that the drugs were stolen, blah, 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 and the dancer yeah. did it. But then our proper introduction to him is torturing the mother by burning her with a hairdryer. And I'm like, oh. oh. And the, and the, and this other guy coming, the girl walks in on this, right? Yeah. And this guy is going to let the girl watch all of this. And the other guy just the covers Korean her. Guy walk, the, the Korean the Vietnamese guy walks in behind it. We haven't even met him yet. But, and no. this is key. And covers her important, eyes. By the way. This is going to yes. be important later. The literally the first thing the Vietnamese soldier does is cover her eyes. And that's important. 
holds like, on to her and covers yeah. You don't think it's important. You don't think it's it, important the first time you watch it, but that's actually unbelievably important. Yeah. And, but the thing is, it was so unimportant yeah. that like the first time I watched that movie, like I then I started to think about it and yeah. I could remember it all. You might so. not even notice that it's the Vietnamese no, guy I, doing it the first time. Well, no. I mean, I did notice the guy. Yes, I did notice who did it, but it didn't 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 register with me at all because no. everything that follows this guy is horrendously horrible. Yeah. So, you know, why would this what why would it even register until the end? But we'll we'll then say I go before and we when get we there. get there. <laughs> yeah. When we get no, I'm not gonna say when okay, we get right. what it is when we get there. Because but it is when we got there, I went, Oh shit. Yep. They okay. were setting that up right from the start. I mean, this is a beautiful movie because it, everything is, the setups are kind of little. Yep. There, there's no big, obvious boom in your face setup. But when you get to the end, it's so satisfying. Oh, the payoff. Because, because there are all these little, it's the little tiny payoffs mm-hmm. that make this such a good movie. Yeah. One that, that another. it has been thought through clearly. They know what's going to happen. They work it through. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it, all of the legwork is done at the script stage. That's yeah, the at the script. The script was perfect. I suspect they didn't have to make a, sh- a a single change to the script once it went to production. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he like, because this thing is so intricate. You have yeah. to believe that was all locked down at the script level. Like, he must have had it, because it's a writer-director. Like, he both wrote and directed it. And you have yeah. to feel like he worked on this until it was polished and every single beat was worked out. And then that's the movie we got. Yeah. That's how it feels. That's how tight this script feels. Yeah. And that's exactly it. And, um... So, yeah. If, so, if people think that we focus too much on the script writing, <laughs> th- this movie will tell you... How important no. it is. No. How important it is. Because once the script is correct, everything else follows. Exactly. Everything else falls into place right afterwards if you've got the script. Yeah. Now, again, you can have the best script in the world and you can still not make a great movie with the best script in the world. But we're going to talk about that in a bit after we stop talking about Man yeah, from Nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. uh, you can make a worse movie with the exact same script. You still need a talented director. But if you don't have that script, you don't have a prayer. You don't have a prayer. All right. Uh, right? So it gets it gets even better. So they, they he walks in, and we see that the the last thing we've seen is the mother's being tortured, the Vietnamese guy has covered the daughter's eyes, and now we cut back to our main character, Tai Sik, we probably should have mentioned his name before at some point. Yeah. Uh, Ty Sick. And he goes home and he finds there are two guys in his house, right? In his apartment, trashing the place. And again, he has no idea who who they are. He has no idea why they're there. And we get one of the great moments where it's like, he finds two guys in his place. And the first thing he does, no question, he just holds out his wallet. Yeah. Figures they're coming to rob him. Yeah, they're coming to rob him. What does he care? He just holds out his wallet. He's not going to make a big deal out of it. Uh, holds out his wallet, and the guy's like, do I look like a school bully? Like, what am I going to do with your wallet? Yeah. And he threatens him with a knife, and then we get the... Again, we've been waiting 20 minutes at this point for 
who is this Anything. guy? What is his deal? And then, you know, in half a second, the minute the guy glances away while holding the knife on him, he just takes the knife right out of his hand. Yeah. With no effort whatsoever. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. And, and we know where, and suddenly we know what kind of movie we're watching. Yes. And then it gets within that particular scene, then you get one of the bad guys dead. Well, no, no, not dead yet. They're big. Not dead yeah. yet. And that's the key. And no. that's the key part. Uh, we get this great moment okay. because uh, the guy, the big guy, the big guy who was in the club as well, right? Who got caught by the cops in the club. Yeah. He's been bailed out of jail. And yeah. so the the shorter guy who threatened Ty Sick with a knife says, go get him. And he walks over. Yeah. And again, this movie showing brilliant restraint cuts to outside the building. Right, yes. And the we crazy... just see a window shatter and the, the metal bars on the outside of the window get dislodged by how hard this man just got smashed into the window. Yeah. And then we cut back and the guy's just lying unconscious on the floor. Yep. And the, uh... <laughs> and then so the guy calls downstairs, uh, things just got complicated. Yeah, things just got complicated. Yeah, we've we've had a, a change in circumstance. <laughs> so he sends, and this is the key part, and the the Vietnamese guy, right, is kind of important. And unless you know a bit about Korea, it's not exactly clear why the Vietnamese guy is so important. And the reason is, in Korea, there aren't a lot of guns. Yeah. Like, there are almost no guns in Korea. And as a consequence, most of these gangsters don't have guns. And if there are guns, they're not particularly good shots. And so what you have, the role of the Vietnamese guy is the gang needed a murderer who can just, who is completely fine with killing people and comfortable with guns. And they had to essentially go outside of Korea to find one of those. And so there's this yeah. fun detail that the guy they've hired to be their muscle, you know, their psycho hitman doesn't even speak Korean. Yeah. He doesn't speak Korean. So every scene he's talking to these guys, he and they are speaking in English to each other. Because that's the language they both speak. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. Again, because it re reinforces just like how weird this kind of extreme crime is in Korea. Yeah, so... Anyway. Alright, All right. so we move forward... Uh, he finds out that the girl has been kidnapped. The girl and her mother have well, been kidnapped. Well, she, well, first of all, he does give them the camera yeah, case. They, uh, they ask for the camera case and he does, he does a cute thing. Uh, you know, he does the tough guy thing and it's like, well, it was pawned. So, you know, here's how much it costs. You, you owe me 3,000 yen or whatever. Or won or bought. Won I actually or... don't know what it's called. It's really embarrassing that I don't know yeah. what the... Vietnamese anyway current, sorry Vietnamese, korean currency is called so something we should probably look up at some point but the point yeah. is is like well you owe me x amount in uh in interest on that and yeah. they're like yeah how about this instead and then they get him on the phone and have kidnapped the woman and her daughter and he of yeah. course immediately understands the gravity of the situation hands over the uh camera hand, case hands over the camera case expecting the uh obviously expecting to get them back Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But instead, he just gets handed a cell phone and told they're going to get a phone call. And then the Vietnamese guy shoots the fat guy in the head. 
because the fat guy had already screwed up once today. Yes, or like screwed was... up once yesterday. This is his second major screw up and they don't need that in their organization. So he gets executed and in a move that fascinates uh, the Vietnamese guy, Tai Sik doesn't flinch at all seeing a man get shot in front of him. No. Like it doesn't, that's, that's not strange to him. It doesn't bother him. He doesn't even he's flinch. He's flat. Yeah, he's, he's just flat. Yeah. He will give them nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He will he will not dignify them with any kind of a reaction because that could put them in an advantage. So he just gives the guy nothing. And that starts the guy's obsession with him. But it's a nice moment to start this guy's obsession with him because the villain gradually become obsessed, becomes obsessed with Tysik. Yeah. In an interesting way. But well, simply because he can't get anything out yeah, of him. He just, he can't get it. I mean, he's obviously equally talented at murder, as he finds out later, but he doesn't get any reaction from him. And that is not what he's used to. He is used to people freaking out. He is used to people begging for his life. And he's like, what does it mean that this guy doesn't react at all? Yeah. And you can see it right in the first scene. He's weirded out. And then you get a scene in the car uh, with all of them where he's still thinking about the guy and all of the other gangsters are like who cares yeah but he who is cares? he cares yes and he runs out after them yeah he runs out after them and tries and to he chase tries them to down. cast them and the girl is in the back of the van screaming screaming for yeah really rough scene to watch yeah oh yeah i mean this movie is it's heart-wrenching it's it's a heart-wrenching movie to watch yeah, it is, it is brutal. Oh, God. one beat after another. Like, every little character moment is just so rough on the audience. No, I, I loved it. So she's, she's begging to be saved. He's racing after her, but he can't run fast enough. To catch and, the car. And again, yeah. that's going to be a little bit of a, a flashback to that later. Yeah. We're going to see a flashback to him not being fast enough to do something later on. So, like, they give us these moments of him as a character, right? And then we don't find out the significance of it until later on. Yeah. And this is where... Okay, so then quickly, uh, this next part is one of the best scenes in the movie. I mean... Every scene in this movie is the best scene in the movie. But <laughs> this next bit is fantastic. So they call him on the cell phone and say, oh, you want them back? Okay, well, you're going to have to do something for us. Yeah. And we don't... And I love how coy they play it. Like, you have to deliver a thing from us to a person. And it's really coy about what the bad guys are doing in a fun way. Because you don't understand every part of what's happening until it's already happened. Like, the film handles its surprises in an interesting way. Because previously, we've seen that the brothers work for uh, O, who's yes. a crime boss, who handles, you know, importing drugs. And the the brothers are just one of the subordinates in his organization. And so it's a little puzzling when we see... <laughs> Uh, when we see Tai Sik dispatched to deliver them some heroin. I mean, he's sent to deliver them uh, a toy car. But he's like, I'm not being sent to deliver a toy car. So he tears it open until he finds the heroin inside the toy car. Yeah. Yeah, they he... give him a car. They give yeah. him a car. They give him the toy car. Yeah. Uh, they tell him that he has to deliver. Yeah. Right? This to, oh. because But they've already said 
in the car before this, so you know this is going to be a problem. They said, yeah, but we could use him as the fall guy. Yeah, they we already know they need a fall guy for something. And they're like, oh, well, we need a fall guy anyway. Because, Let's just use him. Because the two of them have been beaten up as well. Like the one guy, the older brother, yeah. has been hit because he lost the heroin. Yeah, he lost the we heroin. Missed, we so stopped o, talking about that. We didn't mention that. that. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have a whole scene where O beats him up and humiliates him in front of everybody for having lost the heroin. And he promised yeah. to get it back. And it's just, and so again, every character has their own clear motivations that are coming into conflict with each other. Again, now you look at, you look at John Wick and by comparison, it is also shallow surface level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Oh, the bad guys. Well, they're just crime bosses. Okay. And, but here, the crime bosses have their own hierarchy of crime bosses and they have their own complete plot that and they are involved and, in. Yeah. And then, yes. And then, so Tysuk is going to deliver this to O. Well, and I think what I love most about it is he's going to deliver it to O. And meanwhile, we see O hanging out and preparing like a plate and getting everything ready <laughs> for the guy who's supposed to be visiting they're like what's the going guy on uh, <laughs> and that is wonderful you know he's got he's got the chinese translator yeah, the chinese student they're expecting a chian a chinese it's not a chinese student it's a korean who specializes yeah, no, in you chinese don't know what i'm saying yeah. a chinese student because he calls himself i'm just the chinese student uh, i'm just yeah. i'm just learning i'm just the guy who's learning chinese right yeah, and so he's there to be a translator He's teaching him how to how to say hello and common greetings in Chinese, yeah. because he's expecting a Chinese person to a deliver Chinese mobster, a Chinese mobster to deliver the heroin. Yeah, uh, to, he's expecting essentially what we haven't mentioned, and this is again what part of what makes the film so interesting is the the villains. You know, they think they're the stars of their own movie. The two brothers are like. They think they're the main characters of a movie about guys, you know, edging out their uh, their crime boss and taking over an organization. Yeah. And the crime boss thinks he's opening up a whole new market. Like, every character has something they're passionately pursuing, and they're all coming into conflict with one another. And that's what makes the script so wonderful. And whereas, like, again, in John Wick, all of the bad guys are just trying to not get killed by John Wick. Yeah, that is the extent of it. it. They try to make it more complicated in John Wick 2, and they do, but fundamentally, it's a story of people who are trying to not get murdered by John Wick. John Wick. He's basically Jason. Trying to wheel and deal with John Wick. Yeah. Well, except the weird part is, nobody ever tries <laughs> to deal with him. It's very strange. Well, no, no, in, in John Wick. In John Wick, but it's like, the weird part is, in that first scene in John Wick, when the guy finds out his son screwed over John Wick, and John Wick phones him, he's like... He could. He doesn't offer anything. He just says, "Can you let this go?" He doesn't try to make a deal. Well, and it's not one in the of the beginning. most frustrating things in the scene. Like he, yeah. should, he should have said, "Okay, um, you know, I will kill all of my brother's henchmen, uh, my son's henchmen, and I will." He could have said, "I'll kill all of my son's henchmen and cut off one of my son's fingers." Would that be a fair price? Like he doesn't even try to make a deal, and that's one. Well, of my because problems. John Wick is a single per single person. That's true. And that's why he doesn't think he needs to make a deal. Well, you and say he, that, but the whole rest of the movie, he's friggin' terrified of John Wick. I know. And then he sort of tries to, when make he a does. Deal later on. Yeah. He tries to make a deal later on. And then, but it's too late. Yeah. It's way too late. And it's too late, baby. Yeah. But that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, yeah. he doesn't, 
he doesn't act like a given who John Wick is and what his reputation is like and this is my point at the scripting stage he should have been trying to make a deal right away yeah because and that's yeah and that's the whole problem whereas what what makes it work here in the man from nowhere is that nobody knows who this nobody guy has is the slightest they, idea they, who this they, guy is. they are completely sort of oh it's a new player on the field yeah he doesn't seem to be into crime but he it does seem to be capable of doing an awful awful lot of damage yeah and you get this great moment where so he shows up and they have no idea who this guy is and they think again they're expecting a a chinese Chinese monster monster. (laughs) and so they start speaking in chinese and he just stares at them and after they finish talking he's like Here's your heroin. Give them back to me. And of course, Owen and his people have no idea what's idea happening. What yeah, what he's talking about. And he doesn't like. And he doesn't realize he's been set up until they beat him up and throw him out the window. Well, except no, except that the cops are on their way. Oh yes, and that, that is the thing we didn't mention. This the reason is the they problem. needed a fall guy is the whole plan of the brothers was to catch a get O be caught with a bunch of heroin. Yes. And then he'll get put in jail, he'll shut down the organization, and they'll be running the drugs and most of the vice in Seoul from then on. Yeah. Man, that man, it's a good plan, you know? Yeah, except... No, except that they picked the wrong fall guy. That's exactly right. (laughs) You know? And, And again, had they listened to the Vietnamese guy, they might not have made this mistake. But they didn't listen to the Vietnamese guy because they're all prideful and they don't imagine they can be making well, mistakes. Well, particularly, particularly the crazy psychopathic brother. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my God, he, he he somebody gets killed with in the head with an axe in an earlier scene. No, that's a later to... scene. That's a later scene. Don't you? Uh, I'll I'll we'll get to that point in a second. With his Gabbana. Yeah, no, shirt. No. Yeah, no. Um, that yeah. later. Yeah, with Dolce, Dolce and Gabbana. Oh God, the Dolce and Gabbana. I just shirt. bought this this from Dolce and Gabbana, and Gabbana yesterday. yesterday. You've got these, blood on. These lines Jeez. we're doing make no sense to you, but tr- trust me, it's all very good in context. Oh my. But anyway, so there's this, the way this, they they yeah. they do this, and it never breaks the flow of your um. Is it worry anxiety oh, yeah, about no, no. what's um, going to they, happen? They, it's a, it's this little kind girl. of a unique film where they can like have these funny scenes without ever breaking the tension at all. They never break the tension because that little girl, every now and then, we cut back to what she's going through, and this is the yeah. key part. So, and this is why I know that scene comes after, right? Uh, because. Okay. They keep us complete. So this whole time, we've just been on him. We know the mother's kidnapped. We know the daughter's kidnapped. But we have no idea where they are. And we just stay on him and his journey here. And it's great because he gets thrown out the window by the mobsters. Yeah. He gets, uh, and he lands because it's a, um, it's a driving range. They're in a sports club that has a driving range. So he lands on the netting where the, the where yeah. the golf balls land, which is a nice touch. So, because you got to collect them later. Uh, so he lands on the dining room with the golf balls. And you get this great moment because he has been, again, he didn't even put up a fight. Like, he's mm-hmm. just been brutally beaten this entire scene. And it's so rough to watch. And then he, and he sees that the guy is trying to leave, that Boss O is trying to leave just yeah. below him. So he takes out his knife. He cuts through the netting. He lands on the car. He goes rolling off the car because it's hard to land on a moving car. <laughs> 
He falls off the car. He starts sprinting after and he gets to his car. They have a car chase. Meanwhile, the cops are arresting all of O's goons. Yep. Right? And O is trying to make good his escape. He rams O's car. Both cars are disabled. O goes running off into the woods. He starts to chase after him. But unfortunately, when he rammed O's car, his His trunk popped open. And only then does he find out to what extent he has been made the patsy. Because the mother was dead this whole time, lying in the back of the car, her organs having been harvested. Yes. Because organ harvesting is a big business. Is the brother's main line of revenue. Yeah. Is they run an organ harvesting operation. Damn! You know, and the cops, of course, have also caught up to... Yeah, then they they rush up, and then we get this again, this beautifully shot scene... Where he is like, again, just in just in his face, doesn't say a word, like he is completely like wrecked, right? He is like he he realizes he has totally failed, like he's sure the girl is like in all likelihood dead, dead at this point. He is just a mess. Yeah. He is completely failed so in the every cops way. Just- arrest him the and they also him. of course they find the girl in the trunk <laughs> they find the girl the in the trunk they're all just as horrified as he was right and we do a bunch of close-ups on faces as he's getting pushed to his knees and we see the dead body the dead naked mutilated body in the trunk it's it gets incredibly brutal yeah okay it is again this movie hasn't been this brutal up until this point <laughs> Well, it's been, but but the thing by this point, you can't not watch, yeah, because you have to know, yeah, what is happening with this girl? What is he going to do? Yeah, like you, you need to find out. It's, uh, yeah. it just gets better and better. This whole, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the first time you ever watch this. Now, of course, if you listen to this, it's it's spoiled. You'll watch it again it'll if, still if be you powerful it doesn't it. matter oh no even if you've seen it before it's just as powerful so hearing us talk about it isn't going to make it a worse movie but again yeah. if you haven't watched the movie yet you can still stop us and go watch <laughs> the movie and come back as we talk about every great part about this movie especially when the cops so they're interviewing him and he hasn't talked the entire time and, ne- and next to him the, the god and next to him, the the Chinese uh, student, like the Korean guy, yeah, learning the Chinese, Chinese is like, please, just you know, I ha- can you get us some food? Can you do something? We've been here for hours. I don't know why I'm here. I was just hired to translate. And key and in a key moment, O is still on the run. So all almost all the cops are out looking for O. Yeah, meaning there's just one cop alone in the office with Tai Sik and the the Chinese student. Which leads to a great scene where finally Tysik is like, they put some food in front of him and he's like, uh, handcuffed on his left hand. And he's like, I'm left-handed, so can you can you change which hand's cuffed so I can eat? And they're like, oh, finally he speaks. And they're like, ah, great. I guess hunger is the thing that finally cracked you. And so he yeah. goes to, and we don't even see it happen. No, we, we don't see We see him it. reach down to unlock it. And that's what makes this movie so special. They don't need to show you the stuff. They don't need to show you anything that happens thereafter. You see the aftermath later on. Yeah, because we see the, um, because, and this is, again, a master class in how to edit a movie. We see the guy reach down for the key. We cut to other characters. And then we cut to one of the cops. And the cop is phoning base to find out what's going on. And then the Chinese student answers the phone. Yeah. 
the Chinese student answers the phone because all the I wanted was something to eat. Like I just wanted something. Please don't kill me. All I wanted was something to eat. <laughs> to eat. Oh God, it's so good. But and he's so, so scared. And but the key thing that happens here is right. So the villains now know there's something going on with Tai Sick, and so they've tracked down the boyfriend, right? They've tracked down where the boyfriend is, and so they kidnap the oh, boyfriend yes. and at the I same forgot. time drop yeah. the little girl off with this old lady. Oh, jeez, that oh. where where oh that little old little old lady. Yeah. Can I have some help with? I know. My oh friend? my god. I know, right? Yeah, can I can you have some help and then they get that car? And they grab the boyfriend and they take the boyfriend to be interrogated and they drop who the Ty girl. Sick is. Because they assume because Ty Sick's such a monster. You're right. They drop the girl off with the anthill. And we'll explain the anthill in a second. They assume he's such a monster. They're like, he must have been in on the heroin heist since he's such a monster. And so over and over again, the boyfriend is like, I don't know. Please let me go. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who this guy is. It was just the two of us. Please let me go. And and this whole time, uh, the, the crazy brother is swinging a hatchet in front of him and threatening yeah. him and, pretend, and about to kill him. And then the, the older brother just gets sick of it. Yeah. And walks up, grabs the hatchet, and buries it in the guy's head. <laughs> and that's you where know. you get the whole thing about him getting blood all over his Dolce & Gabbana, Dolce shirt, Gabbana shirt. That he just bought. Yes, that he <laughs> just bought, right? And the and then why did you do it? Well, he wasn't going to tell you anything anyway. Yeah. He doesn't know anything. Exactly. Which was true. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows who Ty Sick is. The cops as well and then are we now get that starting. beautiful scene with the cops where they like yeah. they they've got his fingerprints they've got his id but guess what he doesn't have any records before four years ago yeah period like in 2006 Nothing. this just guy just appeared there are no records for him before that and so they have the cleverest system for breaking a uh for breaking a lock on something which is if you threaten the president of the united states (laughs) the secret service will phone you or no the fbi will phone you up and demand to have that person's file and because it's south korea and their relationship with united states protecting them from north korea like yeah sure it's a sense it's a classified file but if the u.s asks for it they'll just turn it right over (laughs) and so that's exactly what happens and then we get uh, a beautiful scene that intercuts them finding out with him, finding out who he is with his, and we're now an hour in, first fight scene in the entire movie. Yeah. That is how long they've made us wait for this gorgeous fight scene. And it's a gorgeous fight scene because Ty Sick is like, how the hell do I find these guys? Like, I need to get the girl back. I need to protect her. I need to find her. How the hell am I going to find these guys? And so he's like, well, I know that this loan shark, you know, sells people burner cell phones in bulk. Yeah. And this is one of the uh, the kind he normally sells. So he goes to see the guy. So he goes to see him. And he's like, you know, just just tell me who it is and I'll go. And of course, they don't they don't want to give it up easy because they think they're tough guys. And so while we're getting the backstory of who he is, the fact that he is a special forces operative in the army who used to be sent in to, you know, North Korea to kill people. And the training program to create these guys was so nightmarish. Was so brutal. It made members of Congress vomit when they saw it. Saw it. Yeah. Like, okay, that's intense. 
Not that we saw it. We, we just didn't see it. We just hear about it. We hear about it. And and again, that is why this film, again, perfectly edited, because you're hearing what turned him into a monster while we're watching him just absolutely level all of these loan shark, this loan shark and his henchmen. Yeah. And it's just, it's a quick fight scene. It's brutal. He smashes guys into walls. He breaks a, a guy through, you know, smashes a guy through a table, throws a knife an inch from somebody's head, and he gets the information, which is... The brothers buy these burner cell phones in bulk all the time. They run an organ harvesting ring and they run it out of this nightclub. Yeah. And this is a part I really enjoyed. So he <laughs> he grabs the guy. So he coincidentally, there was a guy there, you know, begging to be, you know, have payments, uh, his payments altered from the loan shark. And so Ty Sick grabs the guy's IOU from the loan shark. And he's like, yep. okay, you go and you pretend to be buying an organ and you find out where the organ dealers are. Then call me and tell you where we, they are. And if you do that, I'll give you your thing and you won't owe them any more money. Yeah. It's nice. You know, it's yeah. it's nice how, how quickly on his feet he thinks about these things. But then again, the man's a professional. Yes, it's his training. It is, his, it is absolutely his training. Oh, and then we get the bar scene. Which is amazing. <laughs> Jeez. Oh God, it's such a good scene. We um, you know, uh, we get to the bar. He gets, he goes into the bar, and he ends up standing next to the older brother in the elevator. Yep. And there's this wonderful moment where, like, the older brother knows who he is. He doesn't know who the older brother is, and so the other uh, older brother, like calls his brother on the phone and says, uh, yeah, I think the club's pretty dead tonight. We should probably go somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> and a completely innocent thing to say, right? But yeah. the brother knows what it means. And he's like, we got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, where the hell is, um, I don't remember the character's name, but it's the guy who threatened Tysick with a knife at the start. Mm -hmm. And i like, I think he's in the bathroom. And well, okay, well, you know, call him, get him out of here. And and he tells the the Vietnamese guy to get him, and we because we got to get out of here. Meanwhile, in the bathroom, that guy is having a that guy who is their dealer, right? The guy who makes the deals with people over the or organ harvesting is talking to Ty Six cutaway cutout, and we find out some details about organ harvesting, which are really creepy, like the idea that. If you, um, the government has to sign off on organ transplants, but these guys are dealing with uh, illegal organs. So they're like, so what you want to do is make sure you and your wife, because he's, he's pretending he needs a kidney for his wife. Make sure you and your wife start going to church regularly. If you're not in a church, join one, because then we can say it's a religious donation. Yeah. A person to person donation as part of religious thing. It's an easier sell to the government. And I'm like... Damn. Yep. That's so brutal. I'm sure it's true, but oh, it is it is a rough thing to imagine. And it's like the government the government will look the other way if it's for religion. <laughs> oh, good. And then of course, Tysik comes in and uh stabs him with his own knife. That's right. He tried to pull a knife on Tysik again. Yes. And <laughs> you then think the he knife... would have learned the first time. 
And then he he breaks his arm backwards and Steers stabs him in the back. Sta- stabs him his... in the shoulder with his own knife. Yeah, yeah that was creepy. And then I mean, he, it, it, I mean, he stabs himself. Exactly. He makes him stab himself in the back, which is a nice touch. Uh, but we get the key thing. Oh, and geez. we learn something really interesting in this scene. Right. Which is that um, like he's like, did you harvest the little girl? Where is he? And we find out that children can't be used for organ harvesting. Because only full grown organs are usable for transplant, except for the eyes, for the eyes. Because people are born with the exact eyes they're going to spend the rest of their lives with. That's why babies have disproportionately large eyes for the rest of their heads. Because the rest of them are going to grow, but their eyes stay exactly the same. And that's going to be important (laughs) later. But it's like, no, it's not that. They would have turned her over to the anthill. And that's what we find out about. And that's what the old lady was running, the anthill, which is just an army of children who do petty crimes. Yep. Yeah, and it's like who act as drug mules, who act as uh, credit cards. Credit who, like, card. They get hit. so pickpockets steal credit cards, and they hand like twenty credit cards to the kids, and the kids go and they take a couple hundred bucks out of every account, and then they just throw away the credit cards, and they deliver the money, and they get the drugs, and they move, and they're just going out. And the second they get old enough, they harvest them for organs. Yep. And is this and. We're going to talk about something relating to that in a second, because I have a question for you about uh, Korean culture. Which I may or may not be able to answer. Which you may or may not uh, be able to answer. So he finds out about the the anthill, like that that's who there's with. And of course, this is a known thing. So all he has to do is look for criminal kids and he can find his way back to the, the girl. This is where it gets great, though. As he's finding this out, that's when the Vietnamese guy shows up. And we finally get just a full-on, unbelievably good fight scene. Yes. I was very fond of the bathroom fight scene between these two. Yes. Isn't that, like, isn't it gorgeous? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like, because he starts with a gun. Uh, He starts shooting a a Tysik. Tysik dodges. And then they have a knife fight. And they're like... They're punching and they're kicking. They're trying to stab at each other. It's brutal. And it only ends because the the Vietnamese guy managed to get, get his gun, manages to get his gun back. And he shoots Ty Sick in the side. And Ty Sick, you know, dodges out the, of the side entrance and he flees out into, and then they meet each other back in the club. And out in the club, uh, they're they're like, are they gonna fight right here in the club? He's got his knife. Tysik has the hatchet he took off of one of the other henchmen. Like, is this is it gonna go down right now? But no, the cops come. Yeah, the cops come. Yeah, yeah, the cops were tipped off because you know they're afraid of Tysik too. Yeah, and um... so they tip off the cops, and so he has to run away from the cops, and the bad guys run away. Everybody flees, and Tysik's in a bad way because he got shot. Yeah. He got shot and his only chance is to go to and it I think it's telling that we never we never get an explanation for who this guy is. But I think the no. context clues are key that it's a guy he knows from special forces. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's clear, right? I would think that that is who, you that's know, someone who who's who he goes to see to take take care of him. Yeah, because he needs the uh 
And it's a key moment because this is where we finally get Ty Six backstory. Yes, and what a horrendous backstory oh. that was. Wow. Okay, so we know again, right at the start of the movie, we found out somebody was um, you know, somebody was in a graveyard and he goes to bring yeah. flowers to the grave. All right, that's what we found out right at the start of the movie. And so now he goes to get his uh, wound taken care of because this guy obviously has medic training because, again, yeah. they were pre presumably in the special forces together. He's got medic training so he can take the bullet out. And then we get a flashback from Ty Sick of him. He's in special forces. Again, he murders people for the government. He gets yeah. sent to North Korea to kill people that the government needs him to kill. And apparently, I guess North Korea has sent someone back. Because we get a scene of him and his wife in the hospital. He, she's pregnant. They've right? just and she and they see the ultrasound. They see the ultrasound. They're very happy. They're, and then we cut to a couple of months later. Yeah. His like his wife, now more pregnant, is sitting in the car waiting for him, and he goes and he's in a store looking over baby shoes. We should have mentioned the baby shoes earlier. Yeah, because you do see the baby shoes at the gravesite. Yeah, the baby shoes are at, on the grave at the gravesite. And we yeah. see that he has just bought these baby shoes because the baby's coming soon. And while he's in there, he gets a phone call. And we don't hear he the phone call. He looks terrified. But he looks terrified. So we can assume that a hit, you know, a hitman is coming for him. And he runs outside. And just as he gets outside... This truck. Oh, dump truck. Like a, tra a dump truck. A trash truck. Yeah. Like a garbage Cra truck. Rams into his car, killing his wife. Flattening. Like, and there's no question that she's dead because it flattens the car. And yep. it's, and it's so casually brutal because as he's there, unable to process that his wife, wife and unborn side, uh, unborn child were just killed. A guy just steps out of the garbage truck, truck and starts shooting him. And yeah. shoots him a bunch of times in the chest. And yeah. he would have died right then and there, except his team, you know, like, was closing Comes in. Comes and picks him up. Well, no, and they shoot the guy yeah. to death before he can finish Tysick off. Yeah. And then they pick him up and they put him in the hospital. And he is just screaming in agony because he has just seen his wife killed. And it is, again, an unbelievably hard scene to watch. Yeah, it's just heart-wrenching. Oh, and then you get a great moment where his his buddy like the garbage man who it's kind of coincidental how could he not be thinking about it because it's like his buddy is also a garbage man like just high and lives at the dump yeah. like lives in this hovel at the dump and works as a garbage man so again no wonder the flashback was triggered yeah uh, so the gar uh so the, uh so the friend is like you know whatever you're into you gotta stop you're not gonna survive this and ty six is just like i need you to get me a gun yeah that's all i need that's you it. to get I me a gun i need you to get me a gun and he does it and then we and now we're just rocketing full speed towards the finale <laughs> yeah and it and i mean from this point on from the moment he says i need you to get me a gun it is just the tensest run you will ever see in your life for uh, both of them for both Ty sick and and for the little girl sun sun moo or yeah. Uh, Sun Myung or Sun Myung. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's Sun Myung. 
but yeah. and what I love about this scene because we've seen her, we've seen her with the other Ant Hill kids, we've, and she keeps saying, "When can I see my when mother? When can I see my mother?" And they're like, "Oh, we'll bring you back to your mother soon. Don't worry, you just have to work for us." And then she, she, you know, she's again trying to make the best of it, painting other kids' nails, and we see this uh, girl who's you know got her had her nails painted by Sung Yoon, and uh, we're like, and she's happy, and they're like, "Look, she's going back to her family." You know, so you guys just keep positive and keep working and eventually you get to go back to your family. And the girls talk about how she, excited she is to go home. And we're and we notice because we've just seen the previous scene that um, we notice that this girl is older than the other girls. And we remember what was just said about how organ harvesting. If works. we if if we remember, if we were paying attention, if we were paying attention, otherwise you get a big, big shock about five minutes from, from now. now. Yeah. <laughs> And so then um, we have Ty Sick. He's looking for the uh, the anthill kids. the The cops are looking for Ty Sick, and you know the missing little girl. Like they're they're trying to shut down this organization. Yeah, because too. well, the cat. Well, and the cops have figured out that he's looking for this little girl. Exactly. Yeah. So they're and like, so they're looking for her as well. Yeah. Because they figure if they girl. find her, they'll get him. They get Ty Sick. Yeah, and and it's a good plan. Because that yeah. is exactly what happens. Uh, so he goes around. He find, he sees one of the kids moving the exact same toy car full of heroin that he was exact move. So he starts okay. following yeah. that kid. And as he's following that kid, the cops spot him. Yeah. When he sees the uh, obviously he sees the little girl following um he follow by following them and that's that's great and he starts chasing them down. But then the cops spot him and we get like one of the best shots I've ever seen in a movie. I think like uh, an action beat so audacious that it just makes you think, how did they do that? Because he gets up into a building, he gets cornered by cops and he looks, he's only on the second floor and he's like, screw it. He runs full tilt for a window. He jumps out the window and the tracking handheld camera has been following him the entire time and jumps yeah. with him out the window. It's weird. It's this insane shot. And it's like the camera goes out the window with him. You're like, was that a trick? Was that CG? Like, how did they get that shot? And this was 2010. This is 2010. No. They could do it, but it would have been expensive. And this doesn't seem no, like a very expensive real. movie. And then like you look into it and you're like, yeah, they, what happened was they were, they both had wires on them and he actually jumped out of a candy glass window and the guy behind him actually jumped out the window and then they just erased the wires that were on Ty Sick. Yeah. It's terrifying, but they actually jumped out a window for this movie. Both the actor, who you, you can see it's him doing it. It's not a stuntman. No. Like both the actor and the cameraman. And the cameraman. Both actually jumped out a window for this shot in a movie. Like, I mean, it's, it's a stunning movie. It's audacious. All the bits and pieces like, that just... Yeah, because we haven't even talked about the artistry of it. The cinematography is incredible. <laughs> well, that's the one thing about most of the Korean. You wouldn't know it if you're watching if you've watched Criminal Minds with us, because we're seeing it on YouTube from a PVR, um, or something like that, yeah. or VCR, Who or whatever. Who the hell knows? Video disc. Yeah, a video disc. <laughs> yeah. Um, you wouldn't know it, but if you watch anything else and you've they heard me already talk, they tend to have gorgeous talk, cinematography. 
the cinematography can never be faulted, whether it has to be dark, whether it has to be bright. Like I've not found anything to all the ones you about. see are just gorgeous shows. And then because I shows. watched part of um, I, I finally started watching uh, um, Designated Survivor. Ah, and yeah, it's it's, you know, night and day how much better it looks than the American yes. uh, Designated Survivor, which <laughs> just has that flat lighting everything has to be even we're shooting this in a a hurry kind of american look to it whereas uh it's it actually looks again artistically interesting well the the thing is though the other thing is that they do a lot more on location shots that's true fewer sets a lot more on location on location and you can and it and it tells you that there is a difference between doing something on location and doing it on the set oh absolutely yeah and doing cgi because if that yeah yeah well if you had done that stuff with a set like well actually we can see a comparison of what that looks like when done on a set we're gonna go look at rocky handsome in In a a minute so we're almost we're almost done man from nowhere but again it's it's hard to not talk about every scene in this movie because every scene in this movie is fantastic yeah. So then Tysick goes. He steals the and car and he follows the van to where the anthill kids are being taken. Yes. And, and they're, they're being, being taken to a um, uh, meth lab. Yeah, a meth lab. Right. A meth lab under a furniture store. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is very nice. And so we do go to the meth lab. Right. And we see the meth. We see him carefully working his way through. It's pitch black. He like even has a hurricane lantern using to like light his way down into this let's face it you know stand in for hell come on we all know what they're doing yeah yeah yeah. he like goes down we also and as we're as he's going down we see the the dress that that little girl yep who had was going home yep was wearing you see the dress that's just there bloodied on the on On a bench yeah on the bench and if you were paying attention again yeah on the bench if you were paying attention you know what that means right yeah yeah. And so we then cut down and then we cut away from him and we cut downstairs to what's going on in the drug lab. The crazy brother is just playing a game on his PSP, just playing a game while the kids are manufacturing and packaging drugs right beside him. You get yeah. this great moment where the this girl just faints from exhaustion because that's how hard they're working. Or is. or because she's they they're not taking any precautions and yeah. that she could be getting an meth. overdose too. Yeah. 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 She yeah. might have just overdosed breathed in. Breathed in some of the fumes from this meth. So exhaustion, yeah. the toxic fumes from this meth production, whatever it was, she collapses and he's got that ugh. Kids are so dramatic. He's just so frustrated. He's yeah, such and a then get rid of her. Character, get rid of her. So they Take drag her, her off. Yeah. They drag her off, and we, uh, and then we see her about to be injected with something. You're like, this can't go well by a Mm-mm. creepy monster. And then, in one of the greatest hero shots I've ever seen, you have her look up, right? Look up and see something, and then the 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 doctor, whatever, the guy with the needle the villain like like slowly turns around and we see that Ty Sick is standing there holding a gun up and he like just uh makes it no not even raising the gun he just makes a motion with his hand for her to step aside and the girl yeah. just like walks over into the corner with the other kid and the guy tries smiling at him and then he shoots him in the face yeah and we don't see it 
But you cut, and then you cut right back to the crazy guy and his gas mask wearing henchman, which again, showing how severe the situation, how crazy this man is, his henchman's wearing a gas mask, but he's not. And they're in the same room. (laughs) That's how, again, ridiculously crazy this man is. And we get this gorgeous shot of like, they don't know what happened. They have no idea what's going on. No, so they, they hear the shot. They hear the shot, right? And they're standing in this hallway and you get this gorgeous shot of their point of view of like all of these doorways. And then at the end of the hall, just complete blackness. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful shot. And then muzzle flash in the complete b- blackness. The guy in the gas mask has been shot in the face. And <laughs> And then he shoots the brother in the leg and brings him into the back room and tell you know makes the kids run makes off. Makes yep. He gets the kids to run off and ties up the brother, and then we get one of the best scenes in the movie. Jesus. That's the eightieth time I've said this. Every time is true. Every time I said it is completely true. That it's one of the best scenes in the movie. He takes a big bag bag of meth. Bag of meth. He ties it up. He puts the lantern. He opens up the gas. And at the same, at the the whole time, the brother, and this is what I wanted to ask you about culturally, right? Because the brother is talking about how, like, we're not stealing these children. Their parents are giving them up. We're finding them on the street. This is a good thing, right? Like, people are getting organs. No one cares about these kids. How, you know, I'm not the bad guy here. Just screaming about it. And Tysik has this beautiful thing where he's like, does it give you pause? And this is maybe the, the most children. he's talked that all yes. of these children are dead, and their organs are still wandering around the wandering around the and country. And their spirits, so their, their spirits, spirits are trapped, wandering forever, making it so they can't find peace. And this is like the most he's talked in the entire movie up until this point. So it's it's an important scene, and then the guy's response, right? Is this whole rationalization. And that's where I get into. They don't even want these kids. So is there no abortion in Korea? Because earlier in the movie, we get this heartbreaking line from the little girl about how her nickname is garbage. Oh, it's tra- garbage. Yeah, garbage trash. can. Garbage trash can. can. Yeah, trash can. Because when her mother found out she was pregnant, like she, she cr- crushed, she, she trash kicked, can. yeah, she kicked a trash can. She destroyed a trash can. And her aunt so told her off. this. And her yeah. aunt, yeah, and her aunt told her this. And so that's why they call, they nickname her trash can. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you could, yeah. And, and go back, you know, and, you have to go back to the beginning to see Ty, Ty six, the look on his face, face when, when he, he hears, hears this. Oh. Cause there is some expression in his yeah. face. Oh no, absolutely. He has a very expressive face. It's yeah. just he never says anything. Yeah. But it's always clear what Tysik is feeling. I, I think that's safe to say, right? Like, it's always clear yes. what he's feeling. You just never, he just never, like, says what he's feeling. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's all, it's all just expression in his performance. And again, it's why he won the uh, the Korean Oscar for Best Actor. Oh, like, he won Best Actor for this movie. And there's no, like, you can't imagine seeing, oh, and by the way, this was also this is why Korea is better than North America. It was also the biggest grossing movie in the country that year. Yeah. Like even more so than like big budget American Marvel Hollywood imports, this movie, this brutal action movie about children being cut up for spare parts was the top grossing movie in Korea that year. 
I'm just saying Korea is a more interesting place from an artistic standpoint. Yeah. I can't speak to their culture. I can't speak to their politics. I can't speak to, you know, how good it is to live there. I'm saying they make better movies than we do. Yeah. And these are throwaway kids. And actually, there are an awful lot. You're talking about, right? Yeah. A country that has 50 million people in, in this tiny, a tiny little space. Yeah. And, and they have, uh, I would assume, and that that's why I understand why somebody in India was going to remake this movie. Yeah, saw this because says, they have they a have lot the of... the same idea of disposable children in India that yes. they do in Korea. And they have a big problem with organ... Tra- organ, tra- organ, organ transplant uh, Whatever. Well. Yeah. Organ harvesting. With organ harvesting as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hell, it even came up in that episode of Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Yeah. That god-awful episode where they assume it's because of organ harvesting. But no, as always, it's because of their crazy foreign religious beliefs that the serial killer Yes, is. of course. Yeah, you know. It's, yeah, it's always crazy a... foreign religious beliefs. But yeah, anyway, we don't want to talk about that. Uh, so he Because now, this is so wonderful, you know, it's, it's th- so this fantastic. movie. But the key thing is, so he set up this thing and he's torturing the guy and he uses the brother's phone to call the older brother. And the older brother is like, who's like, uh, and he's like, oh, don't touch my brother. Tysig is in there. And he's like, who's screaming? Like, who, who is that screaming? Like, don't, don't you, touch, don't, don't you, you lay dare. a finger on my brother. Yeah. Don't you dare lay a finger on my brother. And, he, and he's like, you have one hour to get her down here. Yeah. Right. You have one hour to get her down here. And the guy's like, oh, oh, yeah. How about this? How about you let my brother go right now? Or I just cut her into pieces. I can't use them, but I don't care. I'll just cut her into pieces. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> And so that is where they leave the conversation. And then so so he he does, and this is my, again, one of, one of my favorite moments is this. So he's done this whole speech about the relative, like how he's not the bad guy here, how these kids are worthless and uh, how these kids are worthless and how I'm doing everybody a favor by, you know, parceling them out for spare parts. And Tysik gets, again, one of his greatest lines, and he has almost done, but it's amazing. And he's just like, looks at him and says, that was your chance to apologize to the kids. Yeah. When I asked you, when I asked you about, doesn't it make you feel bad that they're the ghost? That was your chance to apologize. Yeah. And so he sets up a thing that when the, when the, and it's so beautiful because so lets... the bag of meth is holding up the lantern. And when the lantern falls, it's going to explode, setting off the gas. And so, and then he stabs the bag of meth. So when all the meth runs out, the guy's going to get blown up. Yeah. And he gets out. And he walks and out. And we see, and we see the explosion. Oh, it's one half. Oh, like, the whole geez. furniture store goes up. And it's great because the furniture store is um, him holding up the phone. Right? Uh for the cops to hear it. Yeah. And cause he tells the cops, uh, you know, it's like, here's this explosion. There's a bunch of kids waiting to go home. And it's this moment in the movie where he says, okay, kids, you're finally going home. Like, cause yeah. he says to them, they're actually going home. But my question is, did their parents abandon them? Like, this is going to be a scandal. These like 12 kids that were being held in a meth lab. Because the cops are going to be the ones who get there first. And it's like, I hope there's a happy ending for these kids. But I don't know. Well, the thing is, is that I, well, let me put it this way. Yeah. 
whatever their life is, it's better. It's going cause. to be better. Yeah. It is going to be better than what it was, and better than what would have happened to. Them. Oh, absolutely. Because again, because they do see, pick up. They do, we do see the little girl with the painted nails, and we know it's her because he opens it up, and there's a dead body inside, and we don't see the dead body, but we do see that it's the nails that she painted. So, and what happens, right? What happens here, right, is that with these children, like these gangs did not go and kidnap children from parents who cared. No, no. These are these are kids who were because there's this key moment early in the movie, right? Are already on the street. We find out from the little girl that her mother literally said to her, if you ever get lost. If you yeah, ever don't get bother lost trying to find your way school, home. Don't bother trying to find your way home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forget your address. Yeah, don't tell anybody address. where you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to tell anybody. Where just disappear. Yeah. And there, and the whole, the whole worldview of the movie is that there are kids like uh, this out there that are being treated as disposable. Yeah. And and it's that is why Ty Sick is so like because he was so traumatized by the loss of his wife and child. That's yeah. why he reacted so, like, immediately horribly to being called someone's father. Because yeah. that trauma was still there. And when he sees people treating these killed children as disposable, obviously it's just inherently awful, but he has this extra personal level to it that we found out through the flashback. And that's yeah. why he's so additionally disgusted by the attitude these criminals have. Yeah. They're objectively and... terrible. Oh, well, well it gets worse. worse. Come on. <laughs> of course it gets because worse. they have taken Sun Myung. Sun Myung. Yeah. And he says, oh, so he wants to play like this? And he's like, and he just says, cut out her eyes. Kill her and take out her eyes. And then we cut to the ambulance with the surgeon who does all their organ harvesting. Because yeah. the Vietnamese guy has dragged her over there to have her eyes cut out. And we see the surgeon. And the surgeon's like, oh, you want to see your mother? Well, here are my hands. I'm the one who cut out her heart and lungs. So you'll I'm see the last mother. little bit of the mother. And so, you know, now you'll get to see her again. And and you see the knife going into her eyes. Well, no, and then it cuts away. Eye, and then we cut away. Well, no, we get a meaningful shot of the Vietnamese guy first. Looking at this. Looking yes. at the whole thing. Because he's watching Yeah, but you thing. still don't. Oh, um, we you, forgot to mention that. So the first, well, we forgot to mention one thing that was kind of key, which was uh, after his bathroom fight with Ty Sick, there's a gash on the uh, the Vietnamese guy's forehead, and yes. when he and the little girl, the little girl puts a bandaid on it, yeah, because she can't help but try and be nice to people, because that's the thing in her life that she's never had. She tries yeah. to be nice to people whenever she can, right? Because she's never so, been treated yes. well herself. Yeah, and, and so he's got a bandage on his yeah on eye. his head yeah from, the payoff is coming the payoff's coming <laughs> the payoff's coming and so Ty Sick has just been summoned to come and meet the uh, come and meet the mob boss because so he does guy, so he does so he just goes just puts on his suit you know like uh, he he brushes off his suit from all the action he just goes to see him and it's a gorgeous location it's the same place where we saw the the head splitting scene from earlier it's this yeah. giant like marble bathroom where there's like this big turkish bath, bath. turkish it's bath like a turkish the, thank bath. you i could not remember the word it was, it's, <laughs> it's a, a turkish, turkish bath so i mean there's no there's no steam in it at the moment but that's what it's it's supposed to be this great thing full of hot water and steam and you know you go there and you lounge and it's a gorgeous location 
Yes, it's beautiful. And given the and the theatricality that villains never stops. No, nope. right? never, never stops because he's standing there pretending to fish. The villain, the older brother, is standing there pretending to fish in the bath part while they're waiting yeah. for him to walk in. And so he walks into the room and he's like, oh, here we go. Look, I caught something. And what he caught is a canister with the little girl's eyes in it. And he rolls it over to Tysik and Tysik is just understandably horrified. Yep. And the guy's like, don't you get it? Now she's going to be wandering around the afterlife looking for her mother but she won't be able to find it her because she doesn't oh, have any eyes. Eyes. It Jesus was just Christ. How do you was... have a villain say that? Yeah. Like, how do you, like, again, the, 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 the villainy, everything. Oh, it's everything. But the audacity of this script that he's like, I can get away with that writing that line for a villain. And he can. Well, yeah, because, because, Everything has been building, building up. up to this point. About these what people are, these are totally complete monsters. But they're, and the thing is, they're monsters that are, and again, this this extra level of villainy where they just love their lives. Yeah, they love that you so killing. rarely see. They love the killing. They love the violence. They just love every part of the awful people they get to be for money every day. Like it's, yeah, but oh. okay that means that you do not and the reason it's set up like that is yeah. so that you will not have a problem when ty sick kills them all <laughs> I so, no i mean and that basically is, is. Right. they have to be that extra level of villainy it has to be so horrible because what ty sick is going to do to all of them is so insanely brutal and that's the thing it's so rare in a movie and again, I'm going to use John Wick as an example. Like, it's so rare in a movie that they actually managed to make the last fight scene in the movie, the most satisfying fight scene in the movie. Because you look at, again, John Wick. They literally are just, like, driving cars in a circle around some docks in New York City yeah. and, like, shooting at each other a little. And then he has a fist fight with a 60-year-old man. Like, that's, that's the last fight scene in John Wick? Really? Yeah. Well, and well, you know, and the and the lead, and the lead henchman villain, you know, the the boss is such a wuss. I know the boss is such a wuss, and it's fun that Dean Winters is there as the uh, well, as the yeah. boss's lawyer, right? He he, yeah. but, but he's got nothing to do in the part. He's not he's not a scary guy. He's the guy who just constantly wants this to be over. Whereas they have saved. Like, in John Wick, they never set up a guy who's a threat to John Wick. Whereas for the no. whole movie, they've been setting up the Vietnamese guy at the same way, the same time and way. He's at the same up. level. Yeah, he is. Yes. Everything about the movie's visual language and the things they do teaches you that he is on Tai Six level. Yeah. Right? And so... So everybody else gets shot and well, it's no, just the two of them. They, the but shot or shot knifed or... The knifing? Okay, and I'm just going to say something great about the knifing. Um, <laughs> Daniel! So, I know, I know, I know. No, no, no. I know it sounds horrible, but <laughs> I will say that the scene... Okay, so he fires a whole bunch of bullets. 
and he shoots like four people and he has a gunfight and it's like and all of the all of the mobsters freak out because he and the Vietnamese guys are shooting at each other and they're like this isn't supposed to be a shooting thing and they all duck out of the way while they're shooting and a couple of them get shot and he tries to shoot the older brother but the older brother runs off because he's got to take cover and there's this great moment where casually he's ducked behind cover to avoid the Vietnamese guys shooting at him and another guy has ducked behind cover along with him and so Tysik just turns around and shoot that guy in the head casually. It's just such, it's like one second in the movie, but it's such a it's great survival. It's it is his survival. survival. Is it, this is, this is the way he has been trained. To exactly. Behave. Like you he execute is under everyone. threat. Yeah. He's under threat and you execute. And then and we then, get the knife fight, which is fantastic. Yeah, the knife fight six between. guys, but before the Vietnamese thing, there's this amazing yes. like running back and forth thing where six guys are coming at him with knives and he is just dancing around them. And like, and not trying to grapple, he's just like, he grabs one and he just like slices him under the arm and then he backs off and then he slices the next guy. And then the other guys, they keep fighting, but they start stumbling because they're all suffering from blood loss. And yeah. it's just one of the most viscerally brutal knife fights I've ever seen in a movie, yeah. which only not, gets amped yeah. up when finally all those guys are dead and it's time for him and the uh, Vietnamese guy to fight. And, clu and crucially... The Vietnamese guy still has a gun and he still has yep. bullets for that gun, but he's like, no, screw it. Let's do this. And he puts yep. his gun down and he takes out his knife and they have the knife fight we've been waiting for, for the whole movie. And it is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, the, the I mean, I don't know who choreographed all of this, but kudos, well, kudos. And I kudos. will say the thing that makes it so much better than the other movie we're about to talk about in two minutes. <laughs> Is that it is it is among incredibly other among other things, um, right? Is that this fight scene is obviously choreographed, but it is choreographed with more like it doesn't look like a martial arts fight from a movie, because martial no. arts fights from movies look like people are dancing because both guys know what the other guy is going to do, and it is yeah. perfectly choreographed. Here, no, no, there is a frantic element to the night there fight. is this is what i mean you i mean when i say kudos to this guy because you don't know it doesn't look it's like it's choreographed it no, is a it doesn't frantic, look like desperate it looks fight. frantic desperate fight you actually believe it now yeah. we all know by this point ty sick is gonna win <laughs> you know, he has to win and, but the thing is he wins because he's more clever than the other guy yes not, not because, because he's a better fighter that's exactly it. Yeah, and that's the key moment. And I'm not going to say what it is in case you haven't seen it, but he does something very clever in the knife fight. Yes. So which I and then freaking that loved. yeah. Yeah. So he's killed that guy. Uh he's killed that guy. And Ty we keep shooting back. We yeah. keep every now and then you have this little cutaway to the ambulance. Yeah, to the ambulance. Cuz with the ambulance is in the same parking garage where the boss is yeah. running to his car, so we get all these cuts to the ambulance. Where, you know, the little girl was murdered, we've found out. Yeah. And uh, then we get the great scene. He goes down. The guy, the boss is loading all of his money into a car along with his last remaining henchman. And Tysik runs in and shoots the henchman in the head. He tries to drive the car away. He shoot, uh, Tysik shoots out the tires. The car crashes. And he's about to get executed. But it's a bulletproof car. Yeah. He bought a bulletproof car. So what exactly is Ty Six supposed to do? Well, I'll tell you what he does. He shoots in the exact same place over and over and over, over again. Over and over and over again. Until it is weak enough 
that the bullet is able Goes to get through, through, and he shoots him in the arm, and he's got All one the while. bullet left to shoot him in the face. Yes, and, and, okay, yeah, and all the while, the crime boss is calling the cops. He's calling the cops to come and rescue him! Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you <laughs> just cannot scene. believe yeah. the, like, the details that go into this movie, because he's like, the cops have got to save me. I'll figure out the rest of the stuff later, but right now I just need to not die. Yeah. Such a good, and you're Plus, right, you can point that out. That's such a good detail. Because it's also that he forgot he had a bullet. Yeah, he forgot he had a bulletproof car. I know. Right? Oh, and when the, when the shot didn't didn't go through, he says, ah, it's a bulletproof. You know, right, I mean, yeah. it, it like the, again, just the, the, the little like, things. The little thing of how much he, oh, the, the relief on his face when he remembers he's in a bulletproof car is so beautiful. Because again, he's yeah. so frantic and he's so rushing and he's like just one second away from getting killed through all of these, the scenes leading up to this, that of course he's forgotten it's a bulletproof. He can't remember anything except I'm trying to survive right now. Yeah. Again, the emotional stuff with all of the characters, heroes and villains alike, is so true and so pointed. Like, yeah. again, they're all fully rounded characters. Yeah, I think that's the thing that you get, that in this movie you have got fully rounded characters, you've got a lot of extras, and you've got the henchmen and the rest of it, but all the key characters, you know who they are, even the cops. Even the cops. We haven't talked a lot about the cops. And we won't. We won't. I mean, there's... <laughs> Otherwise, they have, we'd be, we'll here, be here for hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even the cops have great moments. Yeah. In the scenes where they're chasing people down and in the scenes where they're trying to find out who Tysik is, they give them good character moments and you really get a sense of who they are rather than trying to do all of your work through costuming and having one of them dress like Sonny Crockett. <laughs> you noticed that too, right? You noticed that too, that the minute you see that guy in Rocky Anson, it's like, he's dressed like Sonny Crockett. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's sort of like Bakersfield where he wanted a black cop as a partner. This guy is partner. Yeah, has has completely rebuilt himself as Sonny Crockett. Okay. You know what? That makes sense. Why not? No, no, I agree. Your logic makes perfect sense to me. Inescapable. Uh, So anyway, he's killed him and it's over. He's now that he's like, okay, well, I'm done. And because earlier in the movie, when he was threatening the, the younger brother, the crazy brother, he was like even like whatever happens even if i don't see the little girl again like even if you gave him back if you managed to give her back you guys are all gonna die i'm gonna yeah. kill all of you and now that he's found out she's dead he's he's done he's killed all of them he's got nothing left to live for yeah. he takes the gun puts it to his head and boom little girl's not dead yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh thank little god and we're all sitting there going <gasps> Well, this is a Korean movie. I had no reason I, to expect she was still alive. The f- yeah, the first time you watch this, right? It might have just ended with him... Killing himself. Killing himself. It could have, like... And that's the thing. You have no safety in a movie like this. Mm-mm. Like, nothing has been safe in this movie so far. It could have just ended that way. But thank God it doesn't. Because... Yes, it's like, because the, and the, the, the Vietnamese guy, he'll pull up with a lot of crap. Like he'll put up with a lot of crap and he'll do pretty much whatever. Cause honestly, he's good at murder and he likes murder too. But you're not cutting out a girl's eyes in front of him. You're so just what he not. Did, yeah. So now what we learn is that the eyes in the 
in the solution yeah in the canister were the surgeons were the surgeons he cut out the surgeon's eyes and saved the little girl and as we know there's no way to tell it's a little girl's eyes because as we were told your eyes stay the same your whole life same size your whole life so who the hell knows whose eyes these are well and you would never i mean i have to i mean i the tension the first time you watch this you have no idea you have no idea and the therefore the relief when that little girl walks out yeah it's just like oh and then the cops come and then the cops come and And then then we we get get, the denouement and oh my god does that just if that doesn't make you go oh no no, no. i mean if you're not crying at the end of this movie what the hell is wrong with you what like (laughs) check yourself okay you know because they're in the they go back to they go back to the corner store yeah and because he says to the cops can i i mean i know you got to take me in can i do one thing for her first yeah cops are like ah, eh, what the hell i mean we, yeah. every mobster in korea is dead so <laughs> we and this can, guy we, free waited to take the for day us off. and this guy waited he didn't try to run away he waited for no. us to get here we can take the rest of the day off it's fine yeah. and so what he does is he goes back and he buys her her own backpack, and he completely fills it with snacks and food supplies. Yeah. And so finally she's going to have a backpack of her own, and she's going to be ready to, you know, actually go to school and try. And we get their final scene together where he's like, you're going to be on your own from now on. Yeah, now that's interesting, eh? Yeah. That's interesting, because this is the one thing where, and I'm going to say it now Rocky rather than Hansen later. changes, was, yeah. It, it changes it because he's, because... You get the impression that he's leaving her forever. Yeah, that he might never see her again at the end of this. He scene. might never see her again. And whereas in, in Rocky Handsome, he says, you know, you're going to have to be on your own for, for a, while. a little while. Yeah, yeah, for a little while. And who knows what the Koreans said? Exactly. So, I mean, that's that's the one thing. If you don't understand South Korean. Yeah. If I do, if um, I but like, I, given I Korean. It might be that, but he might have I been saying know. the same thing. But with, just given the thing of this, uh, the way this movie is structured, he might be going to jail forever. Yeah, except except that he's this special forces. Exactly, guy and, he and might get covered up. These... He might go to jail forever. Yeah. He might get the death penalty, but then just stay in jail because they don't actually execute people. Like, or he might not because there isn't a single person yeah. that he killed that wasn't trying to kill him. him exactly. I mean, he did beat up a bunch of cops. That is the one thing. Well, yeah, okay, so he's going to have to do some time for that. Exactly. Right? But he was also this special forces guy. Yeah, So they that... knew the government might want to cover for. And, like, but that's the thing. It's like, he says, you're going to be don't on know. your own from now on. And and there is a real complete lack of certainty about him. But I think yes. maybe they'll see each other again. Maybe he can adopt this girl. But the point is, at the end of the movie, you don't know. No. And everybody and it, has then to he be okay says, not knowing. And then, okay, we'll say Can it, I give it. you a hug? I know! And she, can I give you a hug? And she opens up her arms, <laughs> right? Wraps herself and around he, him. And she lifts it, oh, and he, he lifts, lifts her, her up. up. And we see, we get a close-up of the painted fingernail that is now worn down. Because of, you yeah. know, all the people he's been killing since that fingernail yeah. got painted. That is, oh like, worn Lord. down, and, like, you're losing the facial expression. But it's, oh. I know. It's so beautiful. It's the, and, 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 and again, it's that. It's a perfect it's that, ending. Yes. And it's that little moment. Yeah. It, it's that little bit of 
care that that the prop people and the design people and yeah. everybody else the takes that it did. is worn down. Yeah, they actually, because, fun fact, it's not worn down in Rocky Handsome. Oh, well, Rocky Handsome is. Just, All right. So we'll get guess, there in a minute. Again, the this is one of those unique movies where it's like you watch the movie from beginning to end and at the end of it, okay, I acknowledge that the way you and I watch movies and television isn't the normal play, way... <laughs> people watch movies and television right and it's not and i'm not going to say we're worse or better but it isn't the normal way most people will watch a movie and they will enjoy the movie or they will not enjoy the movie and that is the sum total of their experience with the movie did i like it did i not like it whereas we when we don't like a movie we're like how could that movie have been better that is the first and oftentimes <laughs> only thing we think uh, thing we think and we will spend longer talking about how a movie could have been better than we did watching the movie. Uh, well, yes, and we have we have definitely done that. Seldom do we say, "How the hell did this get green lit?" Yeah, but, no, almost never, because we think. I mean, except for criminal minds except for beyond criminal borders, minds beyond borders. <laughs> just so wrong-headed in every respect. Like generally, yeah. all the movies we watch, even when there's something like we didn't like about it, we see, well, that could have been changed and it could have been fixed. We don't think of any movie as a lost cause. But this is all my roundabout way of getting to. How, how rare is it that you and I sit down and watch a movie and at the end of the movie, we're like, no, that was perfect. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there is, there, there's no little flaws in this movie. Nope. Everything connects up by the end. Everything is paid off. All the little things. Every, every, every payoff has a setup and everything is executed perfectly within yeah. that structure. Every single time. Yep. How rare is that? Like you had to give this movie best picture. <laughs> yeah, and um and the only thing so we we finished but the only the only interesting thing and Please. this we can only speculate on cuz no matter where I look there's no commentary on it is that Juan Bin so Juan he's Bin, the, star, the star He plays Ty Sick. Uh, this is his last movie. Yeah. This movie came out he, 10 years ago and he has well 11 now and he hasn't made a movie since. No, and he got married, and yeah. he has children. It, it he is. does other things, but everything that has to do with his with yeah. the movie and his movie life. But his wife, who's an actress, she's still working. She's still working. She's still getting all sorts of kudos. So, and I don't, I haven't found out whether they have more than one child. Yeah, but it's just so. Like, I mean, there, he's there disappeared. Is, he's completely disappeared as a performer from Korean cinema. Like he. He had been in um, the previous year. He had been this movie called Mother. Yeah. So he had played that part in this, this really well-received drama. He was like one of the leads. He's like the guy who gets framed and his mother, you know, goes to extreme lengths to, to free him and find out what happened. And then right after that, he made this movie, which is, again, one of the best movies I've ever seen. And mm -hmm. he won best actor for it. And then mm -hmm. right after that, like, he's in these two incredibly successful, both commercially and critically movies, and then he just goes away. After being an actor, literally since he was a teenager. Like, and then he, he gets this, these, this, these one after another hits, and then he's just, I'm done. And I don't know why. And literally, the only acting thing he's done since is being a voice in an animated movie. That's and it. And that was 2018, so that's yeah. when his child is about... Six years old, so or maybe seven he years did old. it as a favor, like so his kid could see him in something. Because 
You sure don't want your young kids watching Man from Okay, Nowhere. you want to read? I just read something. Please. While growing up in Zhangxian County, Wan Bin initially planned to become a car mechanic. Wow. But in 1996, entered an audition for cable TV company Blah and yeah. won. So then he was in some TV show. And, and then he moved into... Yeah, yeah there's I know a you, bunch... you told me before he had done his government service, but then he got injured in the army. Yeah, and, to lead, and he got like mustered out because he got injured or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He 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 placed his acting career on hold, served his two year mandatory, but he was discharged early because of a knee and then injury. He went back to acting, and then this happened. And, and then he went into yeah, he was he spent a year with his ACL injury to his Oof. knee. Spent a year in rehab for that. Damn. And then By he the way, did mother. Just and then when, when you did... see the jumping out of the window, yeah. that's a guy who had to leave the army because he tore his ACL. And he really and jumped God... out a window. And who knows? I mean, maybe that maybe is... Maybe he re-injured himself. Maybe maybe he re-injured himself. Or maybe he just went, this is dumb. I can't yeah, keep doing this. I can't do this. this anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's decided... That's what Ken Wall did. Yeah. yeah that's what Ken and... Wall did. His injuries yeah. got so bad that he's like, you know, I quit acting now or I'm risking my health for the rest of my life. So Na Young Lee, his his wife, so he's still married to her. Okay. All right. So we we honestly we would love to find out the uh, you know the nitty gritty of why he doesn't act anymore, but fundamentally it doesn't matter because no. the movie <laughs> no. he made was so good that it's you don't so, need yeah. to make other movies. No. It's like it's like um, the guy who played the priest in The Exorcist. Yeah. You know he didn't really do any other acting. I mean, that was because he was a drunk. Do you know that's Jason Patrick's dad? Oh, you're kidding. That's that's how Jason Patrick got famous. Like, his dad is... Yeah. Yeah. And his grandfather, Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Miller wow. was married to Jackie Gleason's daughter. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Yeah, no, I, I've listened to a podcast with, uh, with Robert... Pa uh, pa Jason Patrick, and I found out uh, just amazing things about that but it's one of those things where he's like he comes in and he gives this incredible performance in the exorcist and then he just goes away and it kind of feels like the same thing here where it's just like he had this unbelievable performance in man from nowhere and then he just went away now speaking of the man from nowhere <laughs> okay if you didn't watch it sorry about that if you didn't watch it before listening to us I'm sorry we went beat by beat through the entire movie, but I'm also not sorry because every scene in this movie needs to be celebrated. Yes. Now, and... we're going <laughs> to talk about a movie that manages to have almost every scene be exactly the same, but doesn't deserve to be celebrated. Well, I don't know. That was so funny is that it says that it was written, it was... it. What? written by retest shot no it wasn't but well, anyway no. well no but i mean you had to rewrite all the dialogue oh, all right yeah, so that's true anyway right. go to netflix Rocky right now netflix some... netflix has a ton of indian movies and one of the indian movies they have is called rocky handsome and rocky handsome is the man from nowhere it is the legal official adaptation uh, this isn't one of those bollywood situations where they just remade a movie they liked which happens a lot this isn't that they paid for the rights and they remade, uh, they remade Rocky, uh, they remade this as Rocky Handsome. The Man and from Nowhere. The Man from Nowhere got turned into Rocky Handsome, which stars John Abraham. And we've talked a lot about, um, how good looking Juan Bin is. 
And he's a really good looking man, right? And he plays half of the movie. Like he's got this ridiculous long hair that doesn't let you really see how handsome he is. And he's not afraid to get beaten up. And like, and like, look like absolute trash in the movie when the point of the script requires for it. Because when he gets shot and he gets beaten up, he looks rough. And the film is not afraid to show that. By comparison, Rocky Handsome, which is again, is called Rocky Handsome, stars a literal supermodel. Like John Abraham's day job is being the best looking man in India. <laughs> And that's who plays the main character. Uh, this guy named John Abraham, who, like, literally, his entire career, he, he acts as well. He had um, uh, been, he became kind of a star in the mid-2000s, acting in what seems to be, uh, he's the, uh, I'm blanking the actor's name, he's the Vin Diesel part in India's Answer to the Fast and the Furious, a movie series called Doom, D-H-O-O-M. He's the, like, the bad guy who you also like character in that movie. So that's where he became famous, right? And he's continued acting, continued being an incredibly famous model. And this is just a movie for him to star in. And what you have to understand about this movie is, A, it's a musical, because of course it is. It's Indian. But B, if, I think if there's one ethos for what this film wants to accomplish, <laughs> and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, is... The only priority the filmmakers had was making John Abraham look as cool as possible in every shot of the movie. That yeah, was their only is, goal. You know, this is this is like sort of in between in between the man from nowhere and John Wick. Right? I know, right? <laughs> you know, because the problem is that this movie, okay, is first of all shot practically shot for shot yeah the man from nowhere like to the to the point where the we point. don't have to review most of this movie because no, you we don't just have to. did yes because we just did you know to the point you know that it it is it is kind of ridiculous yeah. until except that they add it's not a musical no. they do add the Two, they do add three musical be, numbers yeah yes what what would be a norm? Well, first of all, India is known for its Bollywood musicals, musicals and, musicals and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. So you have the and you have an opening scene. If you've seen other Indian films, it isn't such a shock. Yeah. But you have the whole business of him and his wife. First of all, you know it right away. Yeah. You, you know get what's told, going on right away. This because is the, the first the thing shift. that happens in the movie is he's walking along super sad, and then we. Got a bunch of flashbacks about his wife, about how beautiful, and just focused on how beautiful his wife was. And she sings this wonderful, beautiful song. And then she sings and the song. And they sing together, and they're, it's a typical Bollywood oh, yeah. musical. Yeah. Right? In, in, not, not with all the flash and the stuff, but the, the two lovers getting together, you yeah. know, the and they make love. two lovers singing a song about and... how perfect their love is and how wonderful their lives are. Yes. You know, asking right? for tragedy. You know? So, you know, I mean, and that's how it starts. And I'm just going, can't can I, I, I think I zipped forward to the end of the musical number. Yeah. And it's like, guys, <laughs> I, I, I understand the artistry of the musical number. And I understand that culturally, this kind of musical number is really, like, really normal. But at no, the same I time, think, I yeah. don't need a five minute musical routine to establish that a man loves his wife. I just, I don't yeah. need that. 
Yeah, but this is, but here's where you get to the cultural differences. Yeah. We've got three movies telling somewhat the similar story. Yeah. And yet, right, you you end up with very, very different. Incredibly now, for our, different results. Incredibly different results to fit the cultures that they're being made in. That's true. And that is exactly, now it happens that we do prefer the man <laughs> from nowhere. That's us. But I do understand, like, like I look at this and I'm just going, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then they have in the bar scene, right? You end up with another musical number starring the, she's not a waitress anymore. She's, she's sort of dancer. the lead singer. She's yeah. a dancer and the lead singer in this yeah. You know, it's sort of, but it feels more like watching, it's like sisters, sister, like watching yeah. some kind of a musical from uh, yeah, where American they would have, television. Well, no, but I mean, like, not just television, like there were all these, I there mean, were plenty of musicals movies. in American movies where to justify the musical numbers, they would have them be performers. And again, like, oh. and, and the sisters is the one you're talking about is from um, <laughs> White Christmas. Yeah, which completely justifies, yeah. yeah, justifies all of the musical numbers because the main characters are all performers, yeah. and they there there are like two songs that aren't part coded as part of a performance in the movie, um, uh, counting my blessings and what's the other one? Oh, White Christmas at the end, duh. At White Christmas, <laughs> which yes. they all sing at the end, whether it's on the show or not. Uh, but anyway, what's so interesting about it is here, like, there's no in-universe justification. There's just a musical yeah. number, and that's yeah, they don't have, and yeah. and it is it is a a convention that is accepted. Oh, completely. You know, I mean, I I and I have to admit, I found it tedious, but that was not my biggest problem. With no, no, this. that's, I, and I want to make it yeah. clear: our complaint about this movie <laughs> is not that uh, is not that it has musical numbers. The musical numbers are fine; they're jarring to us North Americans who don't watch Indian movies, but they're, they're fine. Like both yeah. of the songs, well, no, all three of the songs are perfectly fine songs, right? Yeah, like I'm not. This is not dissing the musicals themselves. Yeah, the like, issue like is the first one would make a perfectly, perfectly good music fine video. Yeah, music video. Oh, it, absolutely. You know, the dance one could be in any musical. Oh, absolutely. You know, in the they're club. all perfectly good. That's the closest. They're nice songs. One. They got music videos. It's it's fine, but the issue is a. John Abraham is not as good an actor as Juan Bin. He's just not. He well, is first... un he's unbelievably handsome. And as far as I can tell, that's all he's got going for her. Well, him. no, and he's a... muscle bound. Well, he's incredibly muscle bound. Here's the he's I mean, huge. this is the biggest problem when I watched Narratively, this. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I did call you though when we got to the middle of the movie, which was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. The funniest thing in this movie is halfway through this movie, and actually I'm not gonna spoil this part, and I don't think you should either, but it's safe to say that halfway through the movie, they like have a trailer for the movie you're watching. <laughs> it's like it's And it is hilarious. Like, it is unbelievable. Like right out of the Blue. And it is like tonally so at odds with every single Everything. other part of the movie. Yeah, it doesn't even fit. No, not it's at like all. It's like there's nothing at all. It's like boom, boom. Yeah, and it's one of the few Say scenes what? in the movie that's completely original to this movie. That there's nothing like it in the original. Well, nothing would. Nothing no, because how could has... you? How, yeah, 
It has yeah, nothing to do nothing. with the original. First and of again, all, Ty Sick is not Rocky Handsome. He's not Rocky, Rocky Handsome. But oh the biggest God. problem, let me go. Well, let, no, let no, me, please go, please, please go. Please. Is how gigantic this man is. Okay, this man is big. And the problem with that, in, from my perspective, when you're watching it, why are all these guys underestimating so surprised, him. Yeah. underestimating him? Because he sure as hell looks the part. He looks like he the looks, toughest man in the world. He looks tougher than any of the other criminals he's up against. Yep. Like, nobody should be surprised. That so he why can are these criminals destroy surprised? all of these people? Ty Sick just looks like a guy. Just looks like a regular guy. Yeah. He's, I mean, an unusually handsome regular guy. But well, they yeah, play but down he his handsomeness in the first half of the movie. Yeah, the first half of the movie, you don't know that because he's got... He's, he's got the he's hair. He's punched and, he wears, and he's got he's, the wonky hair. And he wears the and he wears his hoodies and yeah, yeah. You know, and he's, he's just yeah. It's know. not until he you know puts on that suit and gets a haircut that you're like, oh, he's the prettiest man in the world. Whereas Rocky, handsome, you know, like this guy, right from the beginning, right from the start, they just can't stop focusing on how good looking this man is because he but, yeah. And their version, he's not hunched. He still has the rod straight back and hands and a, like and the gruff exterior and the the big chin that he always keeps aloft. But he's got a day's worth of stubble. So I guess we're supposed to understand that people underestimate him because of his day's worth of stubble. He hasn't had time to shave this morning, so I that know, makes right? him scary. I don't know. What? Yeah, but you're right. People all act, and this is a problem actually. Even though he couldn't look more different than Ty Sick did, people act like he's this unassuming guy and everyone's shocked. Yeah. I, I, and and just, I don't get yeah. it at all. Well, no, and you can't, like, you can't. Like, I, I, I mean, it, maybe if I was raised on Indian cinema, it wouldn't make be me... as jarring. It wouldn't be as jarring. But yeah. after I watched it, because I was looking at things, and, I mean, this is why we found Rocky Handsome, is I was looking for things from about the man from nowhere. Yeah. And I said, do you know there's a there's a licensed Indian remake? And, and I'm like, Dan's no, I'm watching that immediately. Yeah. And luckily it was on Netflix, so we didn't have to go to any trouble to find it. No. And and I'm I mean, I'm not even sitting here to to tell you that that the acting was particularly bad. It's different. Well, no, no. Um but, the rest of the performers, I think they did okay. John Abraham yeah. is like Derek Zoolander. He has one expression. Oh, I, well, I was just going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, Derek Zoolander is a good... It's like, not a bad is, None of it is... Like, I, I was watching this thing and trying to figure out how did no, how could they do this? How could you have, shot for shot, you have the movie. Yeah. Like, I can understand changes like, okay, so it's a Russian guy. It's not a Chinese guy. Right? I mean, I don't so, think John Abraham's believably a Russian mob. I don't think you look at him and you're like, oh, it must be a Russian mobster. I don't yeah. really buy that, but whatever. Well, no, no. I, but that was the whole point. Yeah. Like, how could you believe he should have then had blonde hair and or, yeah, or, something. or shaved or something and a lot of tattoos yeah. for them to believe he was in the Russian mob? Yeah. Or just make it a different mob. Make it the Bangladeshi mob. I don't care. Just something to explain why the guy they're meeting looks like John Abraham. Although it has to be like far enough away that he, they have a, speaks a different language and would have a translator, obviously. So maybe not Bangladesh, but still. Well, no, I mean, it, it depends. Somewhere. Well, you see, well, the thing is, is that we don't know. 
you know, I think they're well. This it, is all the original Goa. language is Hindi. Yeah, the original, and this is all set in Goa, so everybody's speaking Hindi. So, like, just have maybe it be you from, get like, someone. Heard maybe he's Urdu. from the Boondocks, and he only speaks Urdu, or and they think he only speaks Urdu, and they need an Urdu translator. That would work. Yeah. But it's like that they keep work. it; they, they make it Russian for a reason that I just don't understand at all. Well, I guess because everybody thinks I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah, I mean, this is where we're because I have Baffled. I. Yeah, I mean, I have watched different things out of India, and I have watched, but not an awful, awful lot. Yeah. But they were mostly having to do with different religious things and like love stories about reincarnation. And, right. Uh, okay. Never mind. It's 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 a long story. So I haven't really watched a lot. Yeah. I mean, I had a friend who actually uh, was a dancer, and she did actually have a school and teach. Wow. In Ottawa. Um, that I went to, I was at university with, um, you know, and there is style. And so I can watch and I can understand that I've seen, I mean, after all, let's, let's think about pre pre pre, uh, whatever her name, who married one of the brothers, the Jonas brothers, Jonas brothers in India. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, talk about the ceremonies, the Indian part of it, right? I know. Yeah, no, I, I saw mean, pictures from had, that in that amazing <clears throat> wedding ceremony they had. If you have, if you have the money, yeah, go for it. Indians it. know how to throw a wedding. I think is the message we're getting here. Oh yeah, but Those here, people, the, the, that whole culture, they know how to, they know how to throw a wedding. Mm-hmm. But here, like using the, prop- the, it's just, it's go so on. no, it feels so different. But and it's not just cultural differences. It's less good it's less good and it's because the focus in the other one is on the disposable children yeah and that just doesn't exist here and and here even though you have and they have a definite problem with disposable children in india they have a huge population just like korea does for their for the amount of space they're in i mean their population is what a billion is over yeah, a billion now? Over a billion people. Yeah. Now, right? Second only to China. And again, they live in a space smaller than Canada. Yeah. Which has just thirty-three million people in it. Mm-mm. That is. We have almost thirty-six million. Oh, almost thirty-six now. The point is, they have thirty times our population in less space. Yeah, and a you know, lot and you, less space. If if anybody wonders why people move away, it's the crowding. The yeah. crowdedness, right? Plenty um, of Indian people moved to Canada, and it's because we've got plenty of room here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and at one point, of course, everybody had the same. You could anywhere, you could travel on a British passport. So yeah, it was kind of nice. Um, it was very easy yeah, for Indian people. As I was growing up, and yeah. when I was growing up, even, you know, our passports were British passports. Took you, took you. Well, they were Canadian passports, but they were accepted anywhere in within the the British Commonwealth, right? And without any problems, without visas, you could just move, you could work, you could do all of those things. Anyway, that's beside the point. Very beside Uh, the point. No, my problem was that for a film that is going shot for shot, how do they miss? Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes. The translations um, fill in gaps, yeah. Right that that you have to in the Man from Nowhere you have to watch. Yeah, you like, have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. 
or you can miss things. Yeah. Right. And, and sometimes, and I've already talked about the last scene, mm-hmm. which, which makes that one thing clearer, which makes it an even happier ending. Yeah. Right. Um, but you, I don't know. There's something missing. Well, and I think time. it is the, Please. it is the, it is not just the brightness. Um, well, the fact that there's uh, the cinematography in this film, by comparison, is garbage. Everything is one hundred percent evenly lit all the time. All the time, like there's it's no terrible. There is no using lighting to create, uh, you know, to create a mood. It's just like no, we just need to be seeing everything all the time. Everything is everything is nice and bright, and yeah. everything is um, so that even when you go down, well, except of course, instead of being in a basement, they went it's into in a an tower. apartment built yeah. in a tower and they blow that up instead of blowing up the entire the, uh, furniture basement. building in, in, in the, the basement. Furniture store, yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. You even know, then, they want to have an excuse to have it not be as bleakly lit. Yeah, like it's it's, uh, but but they still have shot for shot when he walks into the basement. Yep. They yeah. they create they literally create the same set. Yeah, it's the same set from the original, but now for no reason it's in an apartment building and makes no sense geographically. Yeah. You know, I mean like there's there's this bizarre things if you watch the original. Yeah. Now I don't know how well this did. I think it probably made back its money. It wouldn't shock me. Um, we could but it cost forty three million to make. That doesn't shock me. No, it's a good looking um, like it's not a good looking movie because it's not, but it it has a lot of production value. They go to a lot of locations. There's a lot of sets. There's explosions. Like it's it's all up there on the screen. The like they've got dollars. all the fight scenes. They've got all you you know where they spent the money. Oh, completely. Yeah, you're, yeah it's not it's the kind not of movie like where you watch shock. it and you're like. Where did the money go? But no, no, this uh-uh. film—it's—it's it's all up there on the screen. It just doesn't look very good. And I—I I would again straight state that a lot of that has to do with the fact that the concern seems to be, like, if you had told that me John Abraham that jo- is the is, hero of this movie, and don't you forget it, at a, in every shot, every yes. shot, they're like, he's a hero. This is not morally complicated. <laughs> no, uh, because there's this like, where's the shot in the movie? Um, oh no. Uh, when he comes to beat up the younger brother in the drug lab, like yeah. instead of just That's... this thing where he knocks him to the ground, they add in a fight scene, oh, right? They add in a fight scene. And it's like, but the point of that scene isn't that he's got to fight a tough guy. It's that he is a monster and these guys' sins are being visited upon them by a monster of their own creation. Yes. Like but they built a... Ty sick and now he's a monster. And he is a monster. Like you, you, you want him to kill these people, but in the movie, the man from nowhere, you never lose track of the fact that it's scary what he's doing. He is a scary man, and he has, and he was the way he was after his wife was killed. Yeah, because he didn't want to be that scary man ever again. He couldn't go back to work. And all of a sudden. Yes, and all of a sudden he has to. He has to. And, and so there's, and whereas yeah. here, I mean, he's just, uh, it, no, he's too good looking. He's too. Too buff. Too buff. That's, that's, it's that's a big the problem. part of the problem. And well, then the crazy, the crazy younger brother is like oh. off the wall. I know. They went too Completely. far with it. They went, no, they went too far with it. It becomes unbelievable. Yeah. You it know, does. it's just like. 
Like, because he's got, uh, in addition to being behaving crazy, he's got an insane haircut, and he's got facial peerings, uh, piercings, and he dresses ridiculously. And it's like, none of these guys feel like real people, the way the bad guys in the original, I kept talking about how they feel like real people who have goals in mind, who have things they want to accomplish, who enjoy their lives, yeah. whereas here, they're just evil cartoons for John Abraham to kill. Yeah, and and that's that's the big difference. As I said, this guy doesn't wear Dolce and Gabbana. No, he's not a class. No guy. sense of style. Yeah. No sense of style. This guy, and that's the one thing you could say about the younger brother. He may have been crazy, but boy, did crazy. he dress well. Oh, he dresses yeah. well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I mean, a just thing because there's a scene in the original we didn't talk about. And yeah. they massively change it because it's not an important scene. But while they're while they're doing the scene where they cut the uh, uh, where, where they chop up the, the boyfriend with a hatchet at the end of it, they're like, so what are we going to do? Like, uh, so you found out where O was. Yeah. And, you know, Ramoran, that's the name of the Vietnamese guy. Ramoran is like he went to take care of it. You let him go alone. Like he's a psychopath. I shouldn't let him go alone. And they're like, yeah, but he enjoys doing it alone. So what does it matter? Yeah. Right? Because he's their monster. They they have their own pet monster, and it's the Vietnamese soldier. Yeah. Right? And in this one, they do that scene again. Where, and so then we see a scene of him, like, of O begging for his life and saying, like, we've been hiding the meth in this whiskey, and once we turn it out, you know, there'll be more than enough money for everybody. You can be rich if you just let me go. And Ramoran's like, I don't care about any of that. I'm just here for the job. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm getting paid to hurt people and I'm hurting people. That's why I'm here. And in this one, like, that's a great, that's a great scene in the original. But it's not like, it's important for the development of Ramoran and us understand who he is. But it, we didn't mention it because it doesn't, it's away from the main plot. Here, yeah. that scene takes three times as long. And instead of Ramoran being on his own, the equivalent who does not get the same kind of character interesting characterization Ramaran does. I mean, I don't know if it's mm -hmm. the writing of the actor. He's just he doesn't pop the way Ramaran does in the original. Right? And I yeah. am I going too far in that or is that about right? You agree with uh, me on yeah. that friend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think it, he it, pops off the screen the way Ramaran does in the original. <laughs> um but anyway, the the older brother is there too. And yeah. the older brother, when O is about to get stabbed, does this really long speech about how you shouldn't have humiliated me. Like, I betrayed you because you humiliated me and beat me up in front of my underlings. And now, to prove that, um, to prove that, uh, my organ harvesting is a better deal than your drug oh, dealing, I'm gonna cut you into pieces and sell off the parts of you. And then you'll see why I, I should be the real boss. Like, he gives this extended, you know, speech about what a bad guy is. And I'm like, the fact that you had to make that speech rather than just sending a guy to execute this person and demonstrating his loyalty by the fact that bribes mean nothing to him. Yeah. Like you end up looking so much less scary than the villain in the original did because you gave him this giant villain speech. Yeah. But I, I would assume, well, I mean, this is exposition, right? And we complain about that a lot in movies, mm. you know, often. And this is just exposition. I One has to just assume that whoever wrote this had, you know, I mean, whoever adapted it, it, yeah. um, it, it, it's part of the style. Well, I, I would say that you were right. That the key thing here, the key difference is that you have to pay attention in The Man from Nowhere. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, they just tell you everything. All the characters yeah, yeah. are just constantly telling you things in a way yeah. that it's very, un- I mean, again, there are people who prefer that and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying for me personally, it's much less satisfying than the way the first film engages you with its storytelling and lets you figure out how important plot point X, Y, and Z are on your own. And I will tell you that Auntie, the in the, the grandmother, yeah. Auntie, in Man from Nowhere was a hell of a lot scarier. Oh, she's terrifying. And she in is a way that terrifying. The, the leader of the Anthill gang isn't here it, at all. Like, is not no. terrifying here at all. No, it's, She's it's, um, yeah, and, and, and we haven't mentioned just how upsetting the scenes of where the children were kept yeah, in the in man the from nowhere. How filthy it, all of the rooms are. Yeah, they, they don't, whereas these kids look as if they're being treated terribly well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, everybody's fine. Like, in the man from nowhere, there's filth everywhere. They're wearing dirty clothes. They are not They don't even have a bathroom, for God's sake. They don't have a bathroom. They're crapping in the corner. Like, it's it's disgusting. But, yeah. again, it goes to the disposability of these children. But like you said, here, they're all clean. They're all well put together. And, like, even, uh, I mean, yeah, there's the girl who gets murdered. All of the plot points are exactly the same. Uh, exa- no, you have to understand, the yeah. movie is exactly the same. Yeah, every plot point, beat for beat, they're all exactly the same. It's just all more hand-fisted and visually less exciting. And the lead isn't compelling. And you... And you pick all of these, like, the little pieces that they got wrong, and you add them all together, and you end up with the product is a movie that's a lot worse than the original. It just is. Yeah. And, and it's not about the cultural differences. It's about you're making less interesting choices. Okay, you're making less. Nah, but some of those choices yeah. are potentially what you can and you cannot show get away with on right, screen that's true. get away with on screen yeah, and so we see that the, we see cultural. the mutilated body of the mother right and the mutilated body it's, of the mother is completely blurred out yeah yeah because you just can't show that and then yeah. later remember how uh in the original he opens the drawer with the little girl in it right mm-hmm. and yeah. we don't see any of the little girl except for the hand that's painted but here, yeah. they, like, show the body, but it's completely blurred out. Like, yeah. they do it more obviously, and then they censor doing it more obviously. Yeah. It's very strange. Well, it and as I said, some of those are cultural, but also, you know, so it's really hard. I mean, because it is adapted, except that it's shot for shot, and the storyline is exactly the same. Yeah. It's so bizarre. That they've made all of these little changes, while well, other than that, doing a shot for shot remake. And yeah, then you've got, and, and by the way, remember how I just gushed over the best shot in the history of action movies? Him jumping out the window and the cameraman jumps too? Yeah. Here, they do that by, he's on a set, and he jumps into a window, and then there's a really obvious cut, and they're just outside, and he just does a little dive roll. Yeah. It looks terrible. Yeah. It really well, particular. You see, the thing is, is that it may not look so bad if you had only seen Rocky Hansen. I, I still think it doesn't look great, but you're right. Well, well, yeah, no, no. I mean, the the problem is, is that if this wasn't like if this was the only version of this movie, it's like yeah, John right. Wick. Like John Wick. Wick John is Wick, great until you see till Man from Nowhere. The, the, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not that John Wick is. 
necessarily a bad movie. It's no. not from but beginning it's to just end. It's a much less interesting and well-made yeah. version of The Man from Nowhere. <clears throat> yeah. And it, it, and it too, the changes, and we could talk about that, and we won't right now, no. but um, the changes like that are cultural in nature. And what we're trying to say is that, boy, the cultural <laughs> aspects of making movies, particularly when you can get three that are basically the same. Yeah, basically are not the same this, movie. There is sort of the same movie with changes, and The Man from Nowhere is the best one. But the changes, I suspect, here, um, and the change... It's, I mean, one of the things that's so funny here is that, of course... You now know that this was a British colony because there's a lot more English being spoken oh, in yeah. this movie. Oh, yeah. Tons of people are speaking in English in this movie. It's not just yeah. with the Vietnamese guy and the Korean, the only uh, yeah. language no, they speak in common is English. Here, they just throw in English phrases all the time. All the time. English words, English phrases. Yeah. So so you're so you're reading the the you're reading subtitles, the subtitles and all of a sudden there's no subtitles. Well, they're because speaking they're English. speaking English. <laughs> right. Funny. So there's no need for subtitles. It is um and as I said, so it, it is, but there is a different sensibility here. The yeah. children, but I think the biggest change is the focus. You don't get that line. Ab Do you get that line in Rocky Handsome about the children being ghosts? No, there's a line like it, but it doesn't have that. No, impact. it doesn't have, because in The Man from Nowhere, he's, he's, he's making it clear that these children ghosts are hanging around. Yeah. Like the spirits of the sin you've committed are hanging around all of the time and these children wander forever. And there's stuff, there's a line like that in Rocky Hansen, but it doesn't have the impact. It's not, it's not the same thing. No. No, I mean, if you're Hindu, you believe in reincarnation. So why would their spirits be hanging around? <laughs> exactly. You know, and I mean, that is, that is a reality. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it doesn't have the same kind of, it wouldn't have the same kind impact. of impact as it would if you believe that that these children will suffer in this murdered life and go children on to, uh, yeah a better life next time hope don't yeah yeah if these children suffer in this life yes they're they should move up the scale okay. so to speak yeah. right the reincarnation scale whereas if you believe that the ghosts of murdered and disturbed children who don't have a chance yeah at they don't have funerals they don't have, and yep. we've already seen all of the rituals surrounding funerals in South Korean movies yep. and TV shows, right? If you don't, if these children don't have that, and in The Man from Nowhere, they don't. Nope. Then their spirits wander. wander. Yeah. All these and eyeless, organless children wandering around. Unhappy. Ugh. Yeah. It's bleak. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's A Man from Nowhere is a very bleak movie that has a quasi happy ending yeah it does but this one this one is i mean yes he says you know i mean it's made pretty clear that our hero is going to be getting out and she'll just have to go into foster care for a, a little while yeah well yeah. what interested me right when i was watching it is again it i think a big problem no i know i remember the ending um but yeah. a problem i had with again with the need to make sure john abraham looks cool all the time is right at the start of the movie they do this thing where he, well, you remember the scene where Tysick chases the van down the street. They do yeah. that scene, but for no reason I can understand, John Abraham never breaks out of a light jog. Yeah, I know. And the, the crazy part is, 
Like, and, and they don't show the girl screaming at him to save her. That doesn't happen, which, how would you leave that out? Why would you choose to not wrench your audience's heart when you could? They just cut that out entirely. So she never yells for him to save her. He never breaks out of a, like, jog. And then, insanely, you don't do the shot of the car pulling away and showing him failing. He's jogging about ten feet behind the car for a while, and then he just stops jogging. Like, it doesn't pull away or anything. It's such a weird scene. And then, and this is really much more obvious than the original, because he's a man, and a man can't cry, the minute he stops jogging and the car gets away, it starts raining. <laughs> because, you know, the heavens are crying for him. Yes, well, you know how it is. I mean, he, he does, to be fair, to John Abraham's credit, he leaves it all on the table, acting-wise. He doesn't do much for the whole movie. There's just but not much the end? performance. No, not at the end. He does a good job at the end, but that man leaves it all on the table in the flashback to when his wife was killed. Oh, yes. Yes. They changed the timing. So his wife was killed literally walking out of the hospital when they felt like, so they get the, they get the ultrasound and they get the news about her pregnancy. And then literally five minutes later, his wife is killed. It's in the hospital parking lot that it happens. Yeah. You don't, like, yes. Yeah, you, you don't, don't get, get that the, whole scene with the the baby shoes. Shoes. Yeah, the baby shoes. Yeah, you don't get the whole scene with the baby shoes. But then, like, his wailing in that scene, oh my god. Yes. Like, all of the emotion he hasn't done for the rest of the movie is all there in that scene. Yeah. But it's like, his lack of any visible emotion hurts the movie. Because in the scene, like, remember when Ty Sick finds the body in the trunk? How he gets this defeated look on his face. And yeah. he collapses to his knees and it's like, it's over. I have, I have screwed everything up and this little girl's going to die and there's her mother. Whereas in this movie, his expression never changes. He just stands completely straight with the same flat expression, tough guy, you know, reserved expression on his face the entire time. And then the cops just run up and the scene ends. Like, can I ask you? You're losing thing? moments. Sorry. I just, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to make you so mad. Please continue. Well, it makes you so mad because the it could have been so better. Good, yes. It's the old story. We get really pissed off when things could have been better. That's true. But, but then again, we don't understand the cultural norms That's true. that that the movie has to has to fit into. Well, no, it's the ideas about masculinity that the film yeah. is presenting, and it's like yeah. there is obviously what it is. an incredibly different idea of what being a man is in South Korea than there is in India, based on these two movies. Yeah, ba- if you if you look at these two movies, yeah. Yeah. Now, can I ask one thing? Please. There is at the end when the girl comes out. Yeah. There's no cross, is there? In the new one, there is. In the man from nowhere. Not in the man from nowhere. No, they're just in a. Oh yeah, we didn't mention this. The yeah, final this showdown was... takes Holy place in a church. Sh- a church, I know. <laughs> and just John like... Abraham like poses next to a cross, cross. To, to remind us that he's basically Jesus. Before and then he's going, out. God, and the song that they sing. I know. Oh, my it, Lord. It I was just like, like. The movie turns super Christian in the last five minutes. And that yeah, hasn't been like, an element what? of it at all. Like, it hasn't even been an element of the plot in any way, shape, or form. And then the last five minutes, it's like super Christian to the level that this movie should be starring Kevin Sorbo. Like, that's how <laughs> Christian it gets. 
in the last two minutes. You know, there's the cross and the curl comes up, you know, and the song. I know. About God. About God. You know, and how could you, how could you do this to me, God? And then the little girl comes out. Oh, you, God, thank you. Right. And in in song, but it's the song. It's song. I know. Hey, I'm right there with you. I was. I, I was just it like, me, it, like it blew me away. I no, was no. So I, I don't know what is this supposed to relate yeah. to, but this was one of the parts of the adaptation. Oh yeah. Clearly, they felt it was a necessary thing. Here's the thing. Okay, that's I've all I can of, say. I've, I've I talked know. a lot of crap about Rocky Handsome. I will. I'm going to say the good things now. One, the man leaves it all on the table. Uh, in that couple of in that scene and in the final scene, which is almost yes. as powerful as the final scene in the original. Yeah, John Abraham really kicks it up a notch in those two scenes. You know, more power to him. He did a great job. Okay, that's a. B. Um, they are much more obviously choreographed fight scenes in this. Like the fight scenes yes. are all obviously very choreographed. They look like martial arts movies fight scenes, unlike the ones in the original. Yeah, well, they're supposed. They're, they're, but, but I'm yeah. saying that India. they're very good. They're very well choreographed and they're satisfying fight scenes to watch. They're not impactful like the original is because it's obviously a, chor- a choreographed martial arts fight scene, but they're very well choreographed, well executed fight scenes. The stuntmen are great. Like he's great. He's obviously doing his own stunts and he's looking fantastic doing it. So just taken as an action movie, like you take John Wick as an action movie, a ton of this works, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just not on the man from nowhere's level. And that's the thing. Like, all of these extra choices they made in Man From Nowhere to drill in on the themes and drill in on the emotion and restrain themselves from showing the action until it's absolutely necessary. All of these choices they made create a movie that sticks with you in a way that I can guarantee Rocky Handsome doesn't. Well, no, because the minute you see the middle of this movie, you you can't take anything seriously, seriously. afterwards. And again, when I say that, yeah, uh, it is hard to overstate. Sheila's completely right. The extent to which showing a trailer for Rocky Handsome during Rocky Handsome kind of like makes it so you can't take the rest of the movie seriously. No, you can't. You How can't. can you take the rest of the movie you, seriously? You called me to just say you're not going to believe this scene that happens yeah. in the movie. And I'm like, how bad can this be? Like, when you and and just they, like, I said, watch for the scene, got... watch for the scene where you find out why he's called Rocky, why the movie is called Rocky Handsome. Yeah, and I did, and it was worth the wait. Yes, it was. Def- I mean, it is definitely one of these stunning things, right? These bonkers scenes in the movie where yeah. like you get to watch. It is Rocky. a completely bonkers scene that takes you out of the movie the, the story oh yeah and the horror of the story yeah because spoiler alert rather than like according to this trailer he's just like basically rambo yeah <laughs> like he's i mean i'm not going to describe all the things but it's like we never see him working as a uh as an assassin in north korea right in um no. in man from nowhere but here we're like shown scenes of him murdering, like killing terrorists in Pakistan. And it looks ridiculous. Okay. And here's, here's, here's another big problem. Go. I'm watching the trailer. All right. It's on the IMDb page. Okay. I had now, and it's, it's all shots from the movie. Of course. And you know what it is? It's what? all the opening shots. Oh. I'm a, a minute. It's two minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah. And I am now 
like I turned down the sound. I don't want to listen to that stupid song again. <laughs> so you get all of those shots that right. you have in the beginning of them sailing in the boat and her. And I'm going, so do nobody, does nobody in India, you remember when I said talk on their, use their cell phones in South Korea? Does yeah. nobody in India use seatbelts? <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm watching not. this, I'm, I'm watching this whole thing with him and his wife. And that's exactly what the trailer is. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you see this trailer for this movie. And this is what you And get. then you walk into this movie. <laughs> it's so true. I assume you're expecting a love story and lots of sex scenes and everything. You'd be getting a what you were different be... movie than, uh, and than guess you thought what? you were going to get. Well, and I think something that really interests me, right? Uh, right at the end of the movie, right, is... You you get the song about God. You get him coming back. Oh, my but, God. Like, I know, I know, I know. But I will say, and I, I just want to reiterate this before we wrap this up. But, like, it it's such a powerful ending that even the way they undercut it, like, can't can't kill that ending. And mm -hmm. it's like, here's a sign of how much this film doesn't trust his, its audience and undercuts things. Okay? And it's like, this is, this is full on just not trusting your audience. Remember the scene mm -hmm. where Ty Sick gets into the elevator with older brother? Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, it's a great club, right? Have you ever been here before? First time? Oh, it's a great club. Great girls here. Then he takes out his phone and is like, I think things are dead tonight. We should probably go to another club. And the brother knows what that means, right? Now, mm -hmm. the the writers of this movie, the adapt adaptation, the first half of that scene is exactly the same. They both walk into mm -hmm. the elevator. Older brother immediately knows it's Rocky Handsome. Right. Rocky Handsome doesn't know the older brother from Adam. Right. So then he gets on the phone and instead of having that conversation on the phone, he says, hey, you're the postman is in the elevator with me. You should probably get out of here. Yeah. But Rocky Handsome's standing right there. He can hear you saying that. <laughs> like, but they're so afraid that the audience would miss that there's a second level of meaning to what the brother says, the older brother says to younger brother, that they're like, no, he has to say Johnny Handsome, Johnny Handsome. Oh my God, now I'm talking about Mickey Rourke movies. Rocky Handsome is in yeah. the elevator with me, run away. Like, you're, you're killing it by spelling it out too easily. That's what you're doing right now. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so we've just spent two hours and a bit, which is as long as the movie Man From Nowhere. So you yeah. could have just gone and watched Man From Nowhere instead of listening to us talking. And honestly, I'd prefer it if you did. Because nothing, none of our opinions about the movie Man From Nowhere are as worthwhile as the movie Man From Nowhere. Yeah, so And I hope you it. did watch it first. And honestly, if you did watch it and you didn't watch Rocky Handsome, I'm going to say watch Rocky Handsome. <laughs> Is that yes, weird? So you... Given how much we've crapped on this movie for the past half hour? Well, it's, it, it's, I mean, it's just such a shock to the system. Yeah. That it's worth watching just to see. This huge cultural shift. Cultural gap. Yeah. Shift. Yeah. Th yeah. That's it. That you can take a script. Yeah. A and they are pretty faithful to, to the, un the original no, script. Unbelievably faithful to yes. the original script. Most of the lines in the movie are the exact, exact same lines. same lines. Like, it's crazy how faithful it is to the script. And yet, it is so different and leaves you with such a different feeling. Yeah. Feeling at the end of it. So. And 
part well, of it is you, you can't you can't burst out laughing in the middle of a movie. No. This serious. But it is a, an excessively serious movie, The Man from Nowhere. Yeah. In a Rocky way that this Handsome movie... is just a regular, regular. I mean, if we had again, seen Rocky like from I Handsome said, by if itself. If you told me, it, we might have had a good time, but we still would have found that scene in the middle ridiculous. <laughs> but, ridiculous. No, there's, there's no context where that doesn't kill, kill your kill immersion them. in the movie completely. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this again. There's a there's a tiny moment that um, the the way I came away from it, I'm sure I said this to you. I said this to plenty of people that the whole film feels like a vanity project that John Abraham made to show himself off. And there's no better sign of it than the scene where the apartment building blows up because it's the exact same scene and almost the exact same sequence of shots. You've got the, the cops on the phone. You've got the explosion. You've got him holding up the phone and then you've got him telling the kids. Right. Yeah. You're going wait. home. Yeah. But the difference is in the original, it is shot at eye level, right? You you get Ty sick yeah. at eye level, then you get the kids at eye level, then you got him talking to the kids. Whereas in Rocky Handsome, you've got this big overhead shot of how dramatic uh, the he looks standing next to the kids with the explosion in the background. And then like you've got this low angle shot of him looking like a god standing over the kids and being like, now you can go home. And it's like this extra level of <laughs> artifice and drama to make him look like a biblical hero. And I'm like, now let, and, and we wouldn't be using those terms if it wasn't for that blooming cross and no. church at the end. Exactly. I didn't notice how much they were trying to make him look like Moses leading people out of Egypt with the kids scene until <laughs> I see the big cross scene at the end. And you go back and watch that scene. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. They're really playing him up as a mythic figure yeah. in a way that, again, man from nowhere never does. All right. So no. be before we go, that's it. One last thought. Uh, I got some okay. bad news for you. Okay. The, uh, the writer and director of John Wick have optioned The Man from Nowhere in the hopes of remaking it. And this is all I'm going to say about this for now. Obviously, we're going to watch it if it ends up happening. But all I'll say about this right now is if you two were capable of making The Man from Nowhere, you would have made The Man from Nowhere. But instead, you made John Wick, which is fine. But you are so, so many tiers of quality below the man from nowhere that just release it with subtitles in theaters. It's fine. You're not gonna, you're not gonna do it. And hey, I would love to be proven wrong. But the problem is you can't make the man from nowhere the same shot for shot remake because there's so many frigging guns in America. So American Ty Sick has to constantly be shooting people. And then you're just going to make a slower John Wick. And nobody wants that. No, John Wick is slow enough. <laughs> Damn! And John 2 is even slower. John Wick 2 has got a lot of pacing problems. Oh, it's got a lot of pacing problems. that I can't imagine. No, I, like, I think almost John Wick is the best you can do in terms of if you wanted to. The man from, American no man from nowhere. No, it is. Where are you, where are you yeah. going to set it? That would make sense. In New at York all. City. Well, no. Here's 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 the thing. Okay, yeah. you you might be able to because if you were to talk to Andrew Vax, yeah, yeah, you can have that. But do I trust an American? Who's the, who's the film director that put the option in? Um, no, Chad Stahelski, the guy who made John Wick, and okay. the writer, okay, same yeah. writer as John Wick. Yeah, but you have, it's just, it's why Burke has never turned into a TV series. Because it's too bleak. 
It's too bleak and it's too difficult. And you can make the man from nowhere, but who the hell's going to watch it yeah. if it is the man from nowhere? I know, I know. And, but because if it's not, this if it's, is... If it's American accessible action movie man from nowhere, like we've been saying, we already have that. It's called John Wick. It's fine. The first oh, movie's pretty and, darn good. And then the, the next two have fun action scenes, but they're not very good movies. Well, yeah. Or you could go watch Rocky Handsome. <laughs> you could go watch Rocky Handsome. Well, no, but again, um, Rocky Handsome is funny because um, there are plenty of guns everywhere, but they still do all the knife fights. Yeah. Like, there's well, there's an extra course. shootout in Rocky Handsome where the, the Sonny Crockett cop uh, the Sonny Crockett <laughs> has like this running gun battle during this scene uh, that has the car chase in it, right? From the, what was the sports facility in the original? And it's, it's garbage by comparison. Like it's just an awful looking gunfight. So yeah, like these guys already did their ripoff. And again, I don't know that the writer, Derek Kolstadt, watched uh, Man From Nowhere. This could all be a complete coincidence. It could be, as we said, a My Sweet Lord situation. I don't know. But fundamentally, they already tried to do American Man from Nowhere, and it pales in comparison to The Man from Nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's a good movie in and of itself, yeah, but it is fine. not at the level. I mean, there is a reason why Bin Wu received the Academy Award for Best Actor. Yeah. Because just, I because can't imagine not only anything. is it an incredible performance, but they have the room for him to have that performance in a yes. way that I've seen three John Wick movies and there's no space for John Wick to do any acting. Yeah. Not really. Did you see the third one? No. Mm. There's this amazing sword fight he has in like a two story glass building. So it's oh, like, maybe I have. he's fighting ninjas in a glass building and it's, it's gorgeous. Oh, like, I have seen okay. it. I have. But okay. it's like, yeah. it's literally just a movie about John Wick going to talk to people and getting you know, in fights. getting in gunfights. And like, there's no real plot or sword fights of any or, kind. Yeah. And there's no real characters of any kind. It's just, he goes to a place and there's a gunfight and a sword fight. And then he goes to another place and there's a gunfight and a sword fight. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I'd have a real hard time to watch. It's a real hard time figuring out how you're like, you could adapt it. I just don't see. I don't anyway. know if there's an, well, no, here's the thing. An audience order, for it. That, that's what I was about to say. So Ooh, thank yeah. you for doing that for me. Fundamentally, if you kept it as the man from nowhere, American audiences wouldn't want to see it. But if you turned it into something American audiences want to see, you just remit, you just made John Wick again. Which, spoiler yeah. alert, that's Derek Kolstad's job. Because he just made John Wick again. This time it was um, Bob Odenkirk was playing John Wick. That's a real oh. movie. It's called Nobody. And it's fine. Okay? It's yes, fine. But... but my problem with watching Nobody was I watched it right after rewatching Men from Nowhere. Yeah. Well, what? Well, I mean, there's Harsh Realm. And there's, like, I, I keep thinking... Where is the, what was the one that we watched that Nowhere was the key? Which one was that? That, it was a TV show. It okay. also got canceled too soon. Which one are we, but what was the plot? Freaker, I can't remember. Okay. It was, it was a dystopian one. Yeah. Um, But the thing that always stuck, it was with Bruce, no, um. She's going to think about this for a while. I will think about uh, it, so we're not going to talk about, about it. it. We're not going to talk about it here. Um, Let's... Yeah. Um, highest possible recommendation. Literally the highest possible recommendation 
for uh, the man from nowhere in that literally there hasn't been a better action movie like this decade the in the, i mean we've already closed off the decade it was made in 2010 to 2019 mm-hmm. and there wasn't a better action movie than the man from nowhere in that decade i would have to look at the first decade of the century to kind of put it up there but this like belongs on the pantheon of perfect action movies that where you just you wouldn't change a thing rocky hansen and it has it has a storyline well of course but that's what makes it, it all great. makes it's sense it's not just the action that makes a great action movie in the same yes. way that die hard the action's great but what you're here for is the emotional journey the characters go on and the fantastic plot and the great villains yeah yeah and the that's... and again i've said before and i'll say it again the the john wick series biggest problem is its villains all suck yeah they're not interesting and they're not a threat to john wick whereas here they get that um, so what we're going to be doing next is, uh, it's, it's not going to be next week, <laughs> but I'm making her watch another Korean movie that I adore. And then we're going to track down its Indian remake. So we're going to do this again. <laughs> Although to be fair, this one, um, it's going to be harder to find because the Indian remake was not official. Uh, the movie, if you want to watch it in advance, it's called I Saw the Devil. And it is, I consider to be one of the best movies about hunting serial killers i've ever seen came out the same year as man from nowhere which is kind of great uh it's um just incredible but we'll talk about it after she's seen it i'm not going to spoil it all now it is so much bleaker than the man from nowhere that it's hard to explain like okay no no don't talk no no no, i'm not gonna no but i'm saying is people have to understand that watching i saw the devil will ruin your day like, whatever kind of day you are having, watching I Saw the Devil will ruin your day. Like, it just, yes, so. everyone I've seen it, so just be careful. But, and this is the fun part, they also got asked to do a um, an Indian remake. And then apparently at some point the Indian people were like, you know what, maybe we just don't want to pay the money. And then they just went and made it without the remake rights. So, I'm very excited to track down the Indian remake, but because I haven't seen that. But I have seen I Saw the Devil a bunch of times, and I, I'm going to encourage everybody to watch it. It's 100% worth watching, but it will ruin your day. And Period. it is hard to find. It's very hard to find. Except you, know, except Canada, you can, well, you can find it. You can find it with, um, it's on It's on dubbed. Prime Video in the States. It's just not on oh. Prime Video in Canada, remember? Oh, that's like, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People in the States can watch it whenever they want. We're the ones who are going to have a hard time watching it. Well, we're not because I bought her a DVD and then I bought myself a DVD. So, you know, we're just, we've, we've paid money to do this. That's how much we care about this. Uh, so join us back here for that. And of course, uh, regularly, every week, join us on Wednesdays for Style Section, the Wise Guy podcast. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction or apparently Korean action movies you think we'd like to watch, Drop us a line at uh, profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on some sort of podcatcher or app, please rate and review because that is how people find the show. And we'll see you back here on Wednesday. I guess next Wednesday because we put these up on Thursdays or Tuesdays. You know what? I don't know when this is getting posted. Join us here for the next episode soon. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.